you're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And I can't help but think that, you know, Trail Show Bob. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Arriba, 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 tota. Andale, way. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walters Studio in Boulder, Colorado's historic beer district. This is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest-running hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over 1 million times in 150-plus countries across the globe. One million. One million. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide wherever you Everywhere. download your favorite podcast and at thetrailshow.com. Probably in space. If actually we could get oh, uh, yeah, somebody on the space station to maybe, download Maybe someone who's part of the Space somebody. Force. Um, you know, it's funny. I actually was in the Space Force's office uh, just oh, the other day. wow. Uh, maybe I'll save that for trips. Yeah, yeah do yeah. that. <laughs> sounds, yes. sounds amazing. Today's show is sponsored by Victorinox Swiss Army. You know the brand Victorinox Swiss Army. They make the iconic red Swiss Army knife. But did you know that they also make best-in-class luggage, Swiss-made watches, and other products? Founded in Switzerland in 1884 and still owned and operated by the family who invented the Swiss Army knife. The classic red Swiss Army knife is still as functional as it was then. But now you can browse hundreds of styles from the rescue tool, designed with first responders to get out of a vehicle safely, to the wine master designed specifically to open a bottle of wine. Watches that will take you around the world and travel gear ranging from suitcases to backpacks. Find the perfect trusted companion for your next adventure. Visit www.victorinox.com and our listeners save 15% using code TRAILSHOW15, all caps. That's www.victorinox.com and code TRAILSHOW15 to save 15% now through March 25th. Some exclusions apply. Thank you to Victorinox for sponsoring tonight's show. Yep. Anybody Absolutely. here ever had a, a, a Swiss Army knife? Um, yeah. For the last 21 a, years? A is probably not the correct uh, word right. there, though. I've definitely had several of them. We should tell some stories maybe on our second break. Okay, let's How do that. Okay. All right, we've got some guests in studio, yeah. people. Ladies and gentlemen, he was taping a special across the hall. In studio this month, we have longtime trail show VO. VIP Gummy Bear to talk to us about his Gummy. of the hey, T-Talk Crest Trail. Thank you, Gummy Excellent. Bear. Thank you for having me in studio. Yeah, man. Gummy Bear, she. We've also got another guest in studio. Also taping a special across the hall, we are honored to have Mr. Tom Calico of Traverse Image to talk to us about his upcoming film On Strange Soil and to bring us up to speed on Bears Ears National Monument. Thanks, Tom, for joining us here this evening. Thank you yeah. guys so much for having me. Thanks. Yeah. What was the uh, special you were taping? Oh, um, I, I can't talk about that. I'm under NDA about it. Oh, so. okay. No. Unfortunately, i got to wait until it comes out. Okay. Fantastic. All right, we got the band back together again here in Boulder. We're all here. We're all here. Oh, man. We've got a great show. 
what is more people get, more people coming in man. yeah it's, it's gonna like, be a house party it's like a george clinton concert it's college town <laughs> all right <laughs> beauty what's on the menu hopefully, tonight? That, hopefully that's my roommate it is it is it is yeah <laughs> Uh, let's see. We've got a we've got a b- 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 big show tonight. We got lots of people in the studio. We've got uh, you know all the traditional things. I've got twenty seven pieces for trail news. Yes, it's going to be an all nighter, people. <laughs> uh, we have of note. We are going to have a tenth stake review with a listener later on. We're going to Skype ever. a listener Ooh, and do a tent steak review. Yeah. Oh, Getting yeah. Getting replaced special. I mean, that's happened a long time ago. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to turn it into the useless carabiner uh, review pro- like a year oh, ago. Yeah. But there's still and so the much more to review. Yeah. There's still I mean, so much more But to we do. just keep getting more tent steaks. So yeah, I, I don't... I'm, I, yeah. I mean, we wanted to be thorough. Yep. So... Uh, but other than that, you know, we've got all the traditional stuff. We got Gummy Bear in studio, which is pretty, it's, you know, I got to say, it's pretty exciting to have. We've had a few of our VIPs yes. in studio. We've had Buddy Sesums. We've had Pisco. We've been in the presence of Pat Dixon. I don't know if he's actually been. We've had Frito Roll Tai Garcia on yes. the show. Yep. Yep. We have. So it's, it's awesome to have you in studio, Gummy. I'm glad to be in the studio, and, and thank you for the, the wonderful directions. The security guard at the gate of the Bobby Walters Studios right. uh, let me right in, and That's it's awesome. uh, quite the impressive complex. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, totally. I mean, we're going to have to have a word with him about that, because he's, I mean, he's letting anybody in. Yeah, yeah. yeah Well, I, I do have hiking friends that live in gated communities, and the, uh, they have specific instructions not to let me in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right he, on. Yes. Obviously, he has the opposite instructions, but right, some exactly. of the riffraff he lets in lately. <laughs> Should we talk about beer? Let's talk about beer. And now it's time for Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. DiLo, take it away. I have no idea what we're drinking tonight. Come on, man. It's your segment. Let's see here. <clears throat> My instructions are to read from this sheet of paper. And you from the, the top, Fidget. Fidget sent us the Shut the Farm Door. Farmhouse Ale. That one's already gone, actually. We just go and fidget, and I drank that a long time ago. Oh. Shut the farm door is... Sounds like something I would have really enjoyed. The number four reluctant sour project, a peach sour with Colorado hops, maltles, and peaches. Colorado peaches. What are maltles? (laughs) Next up, we've got... It's a, a, a standard here. The Vanilla Porter, the Breck Lager. The Vanilla Porter? Yeah, the, from the Breckenridge. These are all kind of standards. Vanilla Porter, Breck Lager, Hot Peak IPA, which is something different. Avalanche Amber and the Agave Wheat from Breckenridge Brewery. Then, Larry Boy. Larry Boy! Larry Boy! Larry Boy! Can I have the headphones so I can hear myself talk? Can I talk? No. Someone actually talk. wants to hear him talk. Yeah, I want to. I mean, nobody, nobody did any like mic checks or anything. Oh, we did. I, I oh, like, yeah, we did. Dude, I was on the other side of town, man. This is ridiculous. All right, Larry Boy, Larry Boy, sent us the odd side ales from Grand Haven, Michigan. Yes, I always get Michigan and Missouri confused. Me too. Now I don't because Very Missouri is M O and Michigan is M I. Correct. The Grand Armory Brewing from Grand Haven, Mississippi. The White Chocolate Blonde. Uh, sorry, that's Michigan also. Yeah. These might all be from Michigan. Um, the White Flame Brewing Company from Hudson, uh, Michigan, also from Michigan. The Cookie Monster, which I think I'm drinking now, which is a nice brown. And the Blood, Sweat, and Beers. And the Smash IPA. 
We probably have sampled only a sampling of these so far. There, that that's a lot of beer. It is it a is. lot of beer. We've got our work cut out for us. Oh, that's, that's a lot of beer. Uh, Larry Boy actually sent us more, oh, but really? we decided that was sufficient for the show. And just of note, the the Cookie Monster. So uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not move on from that little tidbit. Where's the rest of the beer? Where's the rest of the beer? That POD? will be consumed. <laughs> that will be consumed during the February show. Okay, all right. Uh-huh. Sounded, so, I just want to make sure it's not I, going into just, the Salida Cellar. You know, clearly it's the February show, not during February. No, by February, you. Show. no February show. No, the all thing right. with the shut okay. the farm door is that it was a crowler. And oh, so we okay. decided to consume it right away. Where's then the car, Larry? See, the thing is, so yeah. they wanted to drink it, and then they drank it. And then, the, of it's no, fine. The, it's fine. Yeah. You know, it's just they didn't have to rub it in. What, what is the uh, frozen beer in the um, mason jar? Oh, that's a special for that, you. That's vegetable broth. Yeah. Just to keep the beers cold. The, the cookie gotcha. monster that you're drinking has, you know those windmill cookies, the almond, the Dutch windmill cookies? Have you seen Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It has that. In the, they put it in the mash. Can you taste That's it? That's weird. I like it. I want to taste it. No, I can't. So I, I, can't, I, actually I just, can't taste the windmill cookies. I don't even know what windmill cookies I are. I just drank that number four reluctant sour project with the uh, like that peach sour yeah. from Pug Ryan. That was pretty delicious. It was it was not uh it was subtle, mm. light. I could definitely drink like a pitcher of that by myself, no problem. Oh, I, I hadn't realized that we were look, drinking beer from Frisco, Dylan, and Breckeridge. Oh, what fun. Yeah. That's yeah, right. It's nice. a mix of Summit Colorado County. and Michigan Summit tonight. Yeah. Summit all right. And Michigan. Let's get into our interview. We could talk about beer all night, but we shouldn't. Tom is here tonight to talk about a film he's working on called On Strange Soil. Due out when? Well, probably towards the end of this year. Looking for like October, November of 2020. Okay. And what's going to be, where are, gonna, where are you going to be able to see it? Uh, that's to be determined right now, but we're working on some things with... Um, a couple of popular streaming platforms, so it'll get out into the mainstream. Excellent. Do you think you'll have it in a movie theater? Oh, that's the like goal. like not like you know not your chain movie theaters, but kind of like the Boulder Theater or some of the Denver theaters and things like that. That's totally the plan. That'd More details fun. to come out about that. That would be fun. That'd be cool. So let's start at the beginning. So what was the impetus for the movie? Did you get involved um, learning about Bears Ears first, or did the idea for the movie come first? How did that work out? It was, so we actually started the movie about three and a half years ago, even before the big Cheeto got into office. Okay. So not to talk too much about politics, but we were working on something about how towns that were once oil and gas towns are going through an economic revitalization. Um, what was interesting is we started focusing in on Southern Utah at the time with Blanding and Bluff, Utah, that those yeah. towns are you know, from pretty poor, if not some of the poorest um counties in the entire country sure and through doing research on that we started discovering okay this might become a thing bears years becomes a national monument things start perking up uh, with outdoor recreation coming to those areas and then trump gets into office right and one thing leads to another and then we're actually at or during i believe it's last session in utah yeah and Sally Jewell gets on the stage in the morning reception and really kind of lights the audience on fire. And and for those that don't know, she was Secretary of the Interior yes, during yeah. the Obama last years of the Obama administration. That's right? totally correct. Okay. okay. And she's been like in the outdoor industry and stuff for a long time too. She's right. Yeah. 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 I believe the former CEO of um, REI. REI yeah. 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 Small little brand. But yeah. <laughs> may so, have heard of it. May have heard of it. Um, 
things begin to unravel. Trump does what he does. And we realize, wow, we're really kind of well positioned within the outdoor industry with just beginning work on a documentary about what economics look like and how um, trans- how communities can transition from oil and gas into outdoor recreation. And then for us, what really started happening once Trump released his um, proclamation to undo Bears Ears and Grand Staircase, we didn't want to feel helpless. Okay. And it was so hard to become disenfranchised at that time. We're big public land supporters. All of us, my entire film crew, were deeply passionate about the issue. And this was our one way of using our hearts and our minds and our skills and our craft as filmmakers to hopefully move the conversation forward and reveal some real truths. So through the access we already attained, we were able to kind of go really far into the story and uncover some parts of the story that are a little frightening and some things that nobody has ever heard before. Wait, just to take a step back, uh, just so people have an idea, if if you're not aware of what happened in Bears Ears, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but the Obama administration decided to make this into a national monument and and basically protect it for all time, which is what what the idea behind national monuments, national parks is. Um, And in fact, they're using a law that is really only designed to protect land it's not ever used it's never been used to roll back protections and that's the antiquities act which is a pretty important piece piece of legislation yeah Yeah, it's a pretty important part of our u.s history yeah exactly um and and then the trump administration came in and and trying to undo you know the trump administration really tried to undo a lot of what obama did and this is one of the things they said well let's roll back these national monument designations or shrink them and so that's really the big controversy that I know about Bears Ears. And so I guess just to give our listeners a little more context on what was happening there. In a nutshell, that's absolutely correct. But when you start talking about public land, the story really goes much deeper and there's a lot of layers to it. Um, we all have stake in public lands and protecting our public lands. And part of the issue here, too, is this goes beyond party lines it's very easy to point to the other side of the aisle and say it's your fault and back to the the orange pos comment that's part of the hey that wasn't you didn't hear that from us (laughs) (laughs) but that that's really part of the problem here is that there's so many perceivable differences that when we have the opportunity to sit in the living rooms of people who are on both sides of the conversation there's something really cool that happens and says Both sides will say, we depend on this land for our livelihood. We depend on this land to give it to our future generations. We want to see it's protected. Now, how they perceive that land being protected, that's where the conversation differs. But all sides are calling for, let's come together. We need to work together or we're going to lose this. And that's ranchers, hook and bullet, trail runners, that's climbers. It's everyone that we've been working with for the last three and a half years for this film. So in a nutshell, yes, it's the Antiquities Act that's being tested. What Trump did, he's been trying to do, in many ways, an act of Congress. And you can really dive into the land trade that was ratified by Congress that appoints um, the budget that was used to separate Utah state trust lands from federal lands when Grand Staircase became a national monument. So when did Grand Staircase become a monument? I believe it was ninety. Should know this better than I. Ch- I should know this better, but I, I like, believe it was '96. Oh, during and, the Clinton years. Yeah, Clinton yeah, yeah. Years. It was during the Clinton years. Okay. So many could point to is actually Utah's legislation and the Utah state leadership 
And there was a very oh. interesting, this is where it kind of gets into some political conspiracy hmm. and something we're really excited to unveil in the film is what happened within Utah's leadership. And is this really a 20 something year old grudge between Orrin Hatch and the Democratic Party? Oh, Orrin, interesting. Orrin Hatch. Dilo's you know, a big You man. know, I was going to keep my mouth shut, but we, I think longtime trail show listeners will know that me and Orrin <laughs> got some history. So do you and Ryan Zink. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he was, he was, you, should, he, what, you, you broke bread with him, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to, I'm never going to be able to get that off my hand. You're not. It, it what was, was Nikki like? Uh, full of himself. Yeah. We watched the trailers. <laughs> the sizzle reel. The sizzle reel and the other trailers that were available yeah. that we looked at. And uh, it's definitely, I mean, that's just a snapshot of, of what the film's going to be for sure. But it definitely like gets you fired up and, yeah. um, it also looked beautiful. It, yeah, that. that's the cinematography is really just so well, spectacular. And I also have to say that it seems like there's a, a piece in there about Native American history. Yeah. And that's something that I feel like we need to keep coming back to, too. Like, yes, the livelihoods and all that stuff. But I just feel like our country has such an ugly history when it comes to Native American people. And I just in this day and age it just feels like are we still doing this you know are we still just like saying yeah you don't matter you know what i mean i we are. i, I, know fu- we I are, fully agree I, and that's actually just, one of the aspects of the yeah. film that i'm i'm looking forward to seeing like that thread i'm i'm really excited to actually watch this film uh in its totality i watched both of those uh, the longer trailers um twice through and was like man this looks really good but yeah, I fully agree. I mean, the, the the Native Americans have been disenfranchised from their land, from their culture, from their history, and and honestly, like they're disenfranchised today, still economically, educationally. Often, uh, they don't have access to a lot of the stuff that even uh, even poor rural communities in other parts of the country have, and to then have lands that are sacred to them that have been you know they've been living on and and using and visiting for longer than this country's been around by like several by a long time yeah it's pretty pretty messed up to uh to sort of like yank this this protection away from from those landscapes so tom a question for you about this protection for these landscapes who is in favor of protecting these landscapes and who is not in favor just yeah, at, what at are the big level. the big interest groups? That why would somebody on, on not? Yeah, why would somebody not want Bears Ears National Monument to be so big, and why would somebody want it to be so big? Well, back to your point about the Native Americans. Um, I mean, you can point. I mean, we've done a lot of digging, and the question comes back down to why. You look at the original purpose of the designation, designation, which was for extractive industries to stake claims in Grand Staircase and Bears Ears, and every geologist, economic impact expert time and time again says it's completely unfeasible to mine coal or mine any type of precious metal Hmm. or anything out of the national monuments, uranium, the markets just aren't there. Okay. So point the, point the finger towards native Americans. And then you look towards systematic disenfranchising of their voices. And you once again, look towards Utah state leadership and go, why, why roll back this protection? Time and time again, you see theft of antiquities, theft of cultural artifacts. Why shouldn't that land be protected? And to answer your question, I'm sure I'm I'm hopefully getting there. We honestly, we've talked to ranchers. They want to see public lands be protected. 
I think with ranchers, the ones that we've interviewed, it's a little bit of federal overreach that their decisions get made halfway across the country or all the way across the country. And they feel like those decisions aren't necessarily involved in the day-to-day culture of their communities, but they depend on the land for their livelihood. Everyone we talk to depends on this land one way or another for their livelihood. It really points to the Utah state leadership again. And to take one step deeper, you have to look at the Mormon church and understand their cultural beliefs and their ideologies and look at the state of Deseret, which was the original mm-hmm. state of proposal for what is now considered Utah. And you realize there's always been a disdain for the federal government. And what hangs in the balance is the future protection of all of our public lands. Heavy. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. Yeah, it is. I'm sure there's books about this that one could read about this whole topic of federal lands in the state of Utah and, and the, the role of the Mormon church and everything. You know, POD and I earlier today were looking at a map of Bears Ears. I'm wondering if the map we were looking at isn't accurate anymore because I, I don't know if, if boundaries have been changing up. But we were trying to see, have we done, have we hiked there? And we have. We've been, gosh, one of the first hikes we ever did together um, was with some friends in the Grand Gulch area. And I didn't realize. Oh, I actually unreal, think that, that one of the, um, like the Kiva structures was in the trailer that we watched most likely there was yeah. a there was a shot where there was um it was a picture and it had it was a stone structure in the cliff and it had three rooms and there's there's one structure like that along the grand gulch trail it has like a granary room and everything and i only remember it because disco crawled inside of it and a bat flew out bad bad idea, <laughs> and, oh, and like, bad yeah. idea. Yeah. but anyway um but yeah it's um horrible idea and, and don't, how, don't go climbing around and i also no. think yeah. that it's it's important to um I don't know. I'm sure he's not featured in your film, but just a shout out to Yvonne Chouinard, who, you know, Patagonia was key in getting OR moved out of yeah. mm-hmm. Utah because mm-hmm. of this whole thing. And, um, you know, it's voices like that and films like this that I think reach the masses because, you know, it, it's it's hard, I think, to get all the information. Um, but when something's presented to you like this in such a clear format, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. And, you know, one note about that, because we did reach out to Patagonia and we had a meeting about it as a company to see if that's the road we want to go down. I'm a big fan of Yvonne Trenard and all of his work at Patagonia. I think he's an incredible business owner. When you present someone like that in a film like this, it presents one very clear and present narrative. Yeah. And when we talk about our public lands and the films or the film that we want to create, you put somebody like that in the film and you alienate the other right. 50% of the audience. And the For opportunity sure. here is we want to create that Thanksgiving table where everyone comes together and has one conversation about how to protect our public lands. Mm-hmm. What is everyone's interest? The Native Americans, the ranchers, the climbers, the trail runners, the local business owners. Everyone in that conversation stands to lose something if the land is given away to unfettered development. Is there any place for the extractive extractive industries in these uh, federal lands? Um, that's a really deep, involved question. Well, I mean, like you, you talked about a lot of the people that have recreational interests in the federal lands. Are there people that have? What about you know the extractive in, uh, in, I can't say that extraction. Word. The extraction industries that have economic interests in these lands. I mean, it was for a while called BLM. The running joke was the Bureau of uh, Logging and Mining. Yeah. yeah, and those are all happening on our federally public uh, leases go out on our federal public lands, not in our national monuments. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, I didn't make the film, but my opinion is that they shouldn't be invited to the table because you're talking to people who live there, people who have grown up there, 
people whose history is there and their livelihoods are there. And if you do extraction work, then that's part of your livelihood, but you extract until there's no more and then you move to the next place. It's not like you're building roots. It's not like you're really invested into the community there. You know, you're invested into what you can get out of the earth and then, and then you're out. You yeah, know? I mean, I yeah. The, the whole the whole thing with extractive industries of any kind is that they, yeah, they're often not sustainable, and they they often leave forever marks mm-hmm. and and on the landscape, yeah, because um, or on the waterscape. Well, by know? definition, they extract until it's gone, right? Yeah, I mean, but uh, but still, though, I think it is fair to kind of bring that up if you want to have the the full Thanksgiving table set, right? Because people that live in Blanding or Bluff or some of these other towns, they may work for the extraction industries and. They, even though it may be short term, it's, it's the term, right? The term is now and they're making, you know, they're providing their livelihoods right now. So it, it, you kind of, you might want to talk about that a little bit. And I think that's a very valid point too. And it goes back to, if you're not around the table, you're on the table and we need to be as much conservationists, people, outdoor recreation lovers at the same table as oil and gas developers and coming together and going, that land over there is already designated for oil and gas development. Have that. We can have this. And those are two very possible conversations to have in this day and age where there's so much land in Southern Utah that is prime for that type of development, just not in areas that are designated as permanently protected areas under the Antiquities Act. And I think that you had mentioned earlier that the people in Blanding actually saw an uptick in their economic like livelihood as a result of the National Monument. Not as a result of extraction and oil and gas and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. um, whatever increase, like whatever quality of life increase they have had has actually been because of the National Monument, which is sustainable. Absolutely. You You go down to the the grocery store, you see chalk bags and crash pads. Hmm. Right. It's something like 10% of Utah's economy is, comes from, from like people recreating. Sure. It's, it's. So, yeah, it's it's a huge economic driver. One question, two parts. A, is undoing a national monument really as simple as a signature on a piece of paper? Actually, I'll let you answer that first, and then we'll I'll ask you another question. Well, it's something no other president has ever done before. So, and it, it's, it's also not supported in the Antiquities Act. It doesn't have a provision in there that says, like, so how oh, also happen? a president can go ahead and undesignate or shrink or mod. It's It basically says what you can do is set aside land right. permanently. That's what you can do. So, how it does it happen? doesn't have an undo clause. Well, it's in, it's in court right now. Yeah. It's being tested um, in the courts right now because no other president has ever really done anything like this. Uh, the Antiquities Act is roughly one paragraph. And only gives the president power to designate land yeah. to protect it for okay. the antiquities. It's it's a real simple read. There's not much to it. But um, aren't people mining right now? People are not mining. Oh, okay. That's a misconception. People, yeah. um, a couple companies, some of them I call them scam companies, have set leases within the national monuments in the areas that were designated for leases. We were the first camera team in there, camera crew in there to capture people staking claims. You saw trucks out there. We captured trucks. Wow. It was scary. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now. People hmm. staking mining claims within our national monument. That doesn't mean they're actually mining. Okay. It just means they're staking claims with the intention to mine. Or if that land ever gets purchased back, the federal government has to pay them out for their claim. That was my second part of the question is like, what's the current status? So you said it's, it's held up in courts right now. It's held up in the courts. I believe okay. all the plaintiffs have been boiled down into two lawsuits. I might be wrong in this, but this is what um, 
kind of was come tops comes top to mind. Yeah. Um, there's one lawsuit that is about Bears Ears and one lawsuit about Grand Staircase. And the most recent update was that the Trump administration tried to get the lawsuits dismissed. And the judge said, no, there's a valid case over here. We're not going to move to dismiss this case. Right. So as far as I know, that's the most recent legal update on how this is moving through okay. the courts. And trail show listeners that know about the Hayduke Trail or have hiked the Hayduke Trail, it goes through Grand Staircase, correct? Yeah. Uh, Triplo? Yeah, it has a beautiful, beautiful hike through Grand Staircase. Yeah. So with the repeal of these national monuments currently being debated in the courts, does that mean that they have not been reduced in size yet? They have been reduced in size, and they do have new management plans. Okay. So it's it's happened. Mm. It's done. But now, now these lawsuits are trying to say, wait a minute, this was wrong. Um, this was not legal. And if those lawsuits go through then and, and win, then what happens? Well, right after Trump did his proclamation to reduce these two national monuments, immediately he was hit with lawsuits challenging that because, again, no president has ever challenged the Antiquities Act. There's nothing in the Antiquities Act that says a president can undo what yeah. another president has done. Triple O, can you confirm this? Um, and, uh, do you have, sure, sure, do you have your I mean, legal books? I don't have the actual Antiquities Act in front of me, but I remember when this was happening, I was Why reading not? it. We'll, and, we'll pull it up for you. Um, on the, you don't, yeah, have, you don't have a tattoo of Basically, it? the president do, can't just do whatever he wants. Um, this isn't a monarchy. Uh, he has to have authority from Congress, and Congress's authority that was granted in the Antiquities Act is to designate areas, not to, not to undesignate or... Yeah, or whatever yeah. you would call it. Um, so there's really no authority in the act. Now, you never know in a court. You never know a judge or two or hopefully not five justices on the Supreme Court might think otherwise. But um, I don't know. I'm hopeful for the lawsuits. I'm hopeful, too. And it's, again, we're, we're going right down the route of politics in this conversation. I think all of us as Americans should be concerned about what this means, that we're now in a day and age where our urban centers are growing. Our need to go into wild places to get us back to something our souls depend on, which is clean air, hanging out under the Milky Way, going outside, and getting lost for a little bit. That's what's really being challenged here, as all of us as Americans should be very concerned about, is Antiquities Act getting in the court, going into Congress, worrying about the Utah State legislation, worried about what Trump did. You Trump know, is just a symptom and, of and I think problems. I think it goes pretty deep, too, because when you think about it, the Antiquities Act is like the keystone piece of legislation for... It's like the, the, the Cadillac piece of legislation that we use to protect stuff, right? When you think about like the national park system, this is a system that that gets uh, attention. It's, it's world famous. People from other countries, if you go to any national park, you see a bunch of people from other countries that are there too, right? The, these are treasures that, that yeah, they, they're U.S. treasures, but these are, they're enjoyed by people all around the world. What, what's, the, what's like the first national park you know, you've ever gone to? Think about that place. What's the one that you go to where you take your kids or that's like when you've got a three-day weekend you can escape to? So the protections that are being challenged at, at the top level, at like the crown jewel level of our public lands, you know, to see those under threat, to see those undone, just think about like your favorite national forest and what's going to happen if, if uh, this, this type of, of challenge and, and like undermining of our public lands moves forward from, from this like elite level of them. Um, to, to your local forest where you go hunting and maybe now you can't go hunting because they've, they've logged that area, you know, or so there's a lot of threat to public lands and it's persistent and constant. And, and to, to see this challenge 
this slap in the face, you know, to, to the Antiquities Act, which again, I mean, this is like the premier level piece of legislation that you use to be able to permanently protect an area. It doesn't get bigger than that. And so if it, if, if it gets undermined, you know, the danger to, I don't want to say lower level, but lower level forms of, of protections that, that we do have for federal as well as state lands, you know, those are under threat. Those are really under threat. And if you enjoy going outside, I, I don't care what you're doing out there. I mean, my time with Leave No Trace definitely taught me people have a lot of different motives for getting outside. And as much as some user groups want to roll their eyes at other user groups or have their gripes, if you're outside and you're using public lands, this is a threat to, to your enjoyment and your use of those lands. It just is. And, uh, and, and again, I mean, we talked about it being a bipartisan issue. I, I, know, I know there's plenty of hunters, there's plenty of anglers out there who are Republican voters who are public land supporters. And hikers. And hikers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know we've got trail show listeners who, who are sure. pro- probably Trump voters. Like, and you know what? Hey, when it comes to the public lands... I, I don't care who you are or who you voted for. If you if you're ready to support and like stand up for the public lands, that's that's what we need. We need people who are willing to call their local representative and say like, hey, you know what? I want to make sure that you're making the right decision and protecting public lands and not shrinking ex- you know protections, but if anything, expanding them. So yeah. I don't know. I'll, I mean, that's that, that's that, my little soapbox. This might be a good question for Tom. So how can people get educated on what's going on in Bears Ear? ears and grand staircase like what what can people do to get involved or at least just get educated that's a that's a really good question um the internet (laughs) well i was gonna say the internet yeah um there's a lot of misinformation out on the Uh, internet because there's a lot of ngos and special interest organizations that are definitely swaying what the facts are for their own agendas Mm. conservation groups do it oil and gas groups do it there's a lot of misinformation on the internet I would say get to Southern Utah. Go go there. Go there. Go to Southern Utah. Yeah. Talk to local business owners. Have that beer, that three two beer, in Southern Utah. Well, I think it's oh, up no, to no, four it's now. changed it now. Just right? changed yeah. to four. Whoa. Yeah. Five. 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 Five in the grocery store. Yeah. Five, five in the grocery store and the restaurants. Five yeah. percent ABV. Oh my gosh. And I will say to that, get on the landscape. Feel what the landscape yeah. is and understand it for yourself. Like we're all Americans here. It doesn't matter who you voted for in the last election. This is an issue that can, should concern every single sure. American. These are our public lands. Right. We have a right, and we should have a say in how they are managed and how they're preserved. Yeah. Go to Southern Utah. See what's happening. Make the decisions for yourself. Employ yourself yeah. with that free agency. It's been 15 years since I was in the Grand Gulch, Bears Ears area, and I'll, I'll never forget yeah. that weekend. It was freaking incredible like that landscape is unreal and the whole state of utah is gorgeous it's just, southern I mean, utah like, and, but yeah. southern it, utah it has got yeah. just this haunting open yeah. beautiful ancient it's charm. like another planet just, it really no is place on it Earth really like is it. no it's true it's such an amazing landscape I, I was just gonna say you know um something that really struck me in the trailer that you really have to think about in these in these fights is when you lose a fight for public lands, you lose it forever. I mean, you really can lose it forever. A place can yeah. be destroyed irreparably. Um, and when you win, it's still <laughs> that it stays there and it can be the fight goes on because it's a constant fight. 
um, I, you know, just from my own personal experience, I remember paddling on a paddling trip. I know, don't worry, Disco, I won't talk about paddling for long, but <laughs> along the, the border, right, you go, if you're paddling the Gulf, you go Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida. Now, Mississippi and Florida have no offshore drilling. Alabama does. And you can see that in an instant as you cross the state line, all of a sudden the ocean is covered in oil rigs. Um, and, you know, I was talking to people in Mississippi and they had a big bout initiative and they were like, if we lose this, it's gone. Our coast is gone forever. We're never wow. going to look out from our ocean again and see nothing but the waves. Wow. So like this is the same idea in Bears Ears. You know, you lose that, it could be gone forever. Yeah. You can't yeah. get it back. It's, it's a really asymmetrical fight, you know. Yeah. Uh, people who are interested in, in exploiting the land in ways that will, that will damage it and, and leave a mark, they only have to do that once. Just once. Yeah, they got to win one time. But the fight to, to keep it protected, that's ongoing. It's forever. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's great, vigilance, you know. Great example of that, of that is that we were able, fortunate enough to take a flight over southern Utah um, to go through parts of Grand Staircase that have probably never been photographed before. Back, I believe, in the 60s, there was a Colt Mesa mine. It was the 60s or 70s, which is one of the biggest contested areas where they gave the first leases to mining companies, where this would be cobalt, trace minerals that mm. help build these like nice little devices that are in all of our pockets. You could still see the airstrip from 1,000 feet off the ground that was there. Have some plane hasn't flown in there in 40, 50 years. You fly over Colt Mesa, you could still see the the wooden shaft where they used to send the rocks. I'm not a mining expert down. Yeah. You can still see the concrete mines. That infrastructure will be there for 100, 200 years. That mm. natural element has been removed from that landscape. Mm-hmm. When we're out in the landscape, when we're biking, hiking, running, you're in an urban area, you feel different than when you're in a wild area. And that's holds true in Southern Utah is it's like no other place on earth. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's, uh, who's encountered old mining stuff, uh, historic trash, uh, in the, (laughs) in, in, you know, the back country or in the, the wild areas, you'll, you'll notice that, I mean, typically, uh, once mining interests are done with an area, there's not really a whole lot of restoration that, that happens. And, and there's a lot of that stuff that um, actually gets funded by your tax dollars mm-hmm. because they don't necessarily, they don't really like, or at least they didn't, they, you know, put aside money to be able to clean up the, the mess and restore areas to some semblance of a not messed up edness. They are the definition but, of hit it and quit it. Yeah, man. So, I mean, like, it's, uh, don't, don't let them hit it. Don't there, let them. To this day, to this day, I, I've read articles recently in High Country News about extraction industries trying to postpone paying that bill to reclaim uh-huh. the lands by just saying, oh, no, we're, we haven't, we're not done here. We're just, we're just taking a little break. We're going to come back. We're going to wait till it's economically years, viable. 30 again. years. Um, so they, that, that is one of the moves that I've read about in, in that magazine recently. Tom, unfortunately, we're gonna we could talk all night, but we're gonna have to wrap up the conversation. Wrap uh, it up. What else should we know about Bears Ears and or your film that's coming out here at the end of the year? A um, couple things to know is you know just make your voice known um, in this conversation. If you really want to stand up for public lands, one just go again. Go to Southern Utah. Spend your dollar. Vote with your dollar. Go to local businesses. Go to the local businesses down there and show your support. Uh, if you want to find out more about the film, um, you can go to our website, www.onstrangesoil.com. Give us a follow on Instagram, which is, again, at onstrangesoil. Uh, we're still probably we're in production for the next couple of months. Um, look for the film. Keep in touch with us. Film should be coming out towards the end of uh, this year, hopefully right before the election. 
Fantastic. And I just wanted to add that um, I actually saw the trailer in Salida. I was was meeting um, Sisu there. And, uh, at Elevation Brewery. At Elevation right? Brewery. And they, they sponsored the show la- last month. Last month. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's just a cool connection. Like you came to Salida to show the film at Elevation Brewery. And I just happened to be there uh, meeting up with the trail show listener. So um, it was just kind of cool. That and was then cool here connection. you are. And then he may or may not be at The Rock. Hopefully, yes. Showing the trailer and being available well, to answer yeah. questions and shake hands and take photos. And Kissing babies and shaking yep. hands. I'll Sign be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cracking beers, too. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank yep. you guys really so much for having me. Down. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we've got Gummy Bear to talk to us about the Teton Crest Trail. Don't go anywhere. Heatwave, and I never listened to the trail show. Thank you, Heatwave. Okay, we're back, and I think we're going to go into trail news. Oh. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news with Special 41. Here it is. So uh, I'm going to start actually with uh, the beer sales in Colorado. Oh, we talked about that last month. No, we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) She's messing with you, Spen. <laughs> it's not funny, okay? Oh, actually, it was pretty funny. All right, so uh, yeah, beer sales um, in Colorado have increased, but the liquor stores say that the grocery stores are stealing all their customers. This is so what for, I warned the, the whole well, world I mean, about. Everybody, everybody knew that this was going to be the way that it went down. Sure. So for, for people who... I think we actually talked about this when it happened, but uh, they made it so that you could buy full-strength beer in the grocery stores here in Colorado yep. rather than the, uh, the, the, the weak beer that was, you know, used to yep. be. So if you wanted full-strength beer, you actually had to go to a liquor store to do it. Well, when they changed the law allowing uh, grocery stores to sell full-strength beer... I, um, I warned everyone this, about this. This has meant special. that like a lot of people are now getting their beer. And I got poo-pooed. I got Pat Dixon... Poo- Pat, Wait, you can, poo-pooed me. Can someone explain why it's a bad thing that people are able to buy beer in grocery stores? I mean, Because it's really... going to put an entire segment of business owners, small business owners in this state, out of business. That's why. Yeah, I think that's a good point, but I think you can't... It's like restricting so that, pe- yeah. And you so, also so the thing is, is that you know the beer beer sales have made up a, a portion of the the revenue for uh, liquor stores, but those liquor stores are often the place where you can buy liquor and wine and spirits, right? Exactly. So if those if those places lose a bunch of revenue. It doesn't mean necessarily that you won't be able to get your beer, but it might mean that you're not going to be able to find so, the, the place that carries all of the nice whiskeys that you're into. So you're like demanding that. that that beer consumers subsidize your whiskey. Yeah. I'm, I'm not demanding anything, but it's just the reality of, of the way that the, 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 the fallout from changing it so that you can get beer in the grocery store, which I, you know, I'm for that. I, I think I'm it's actually... 
Well, uh, I think it's a good option to. We're not going backwards. Yeah, to like, I, I think it's a little ridiculous it, to to like paternalize people yeah. and be like, oh, well, you can't buy full strength beer oh, in a fair. grocery store. I You're gonna have submit, to go to a special store for it. It's, I would it's submit silly. It's silly. All of the the craft breweries that have been going out of business in Colorado recently, which you've been hearing about, that is happening. That's directly tied to grocery stores only choosing what craft beer is going into their their stores now and the little guys who had bigger selections aren't getting the business in their closing shop so spesh i blame you okay well next story because we're not going fault. backwards so it's totally my fault <laughs> oh well I do okay it all. uh there's this texas hiker <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and, pat dixon uh, he uh <laughs> he found himself missing in the grand canyon for 11 days yeah Luckily, they found him alive. How? He was 58. Uh, what is this story, His name man? is Martin. He disappeared on December 22nd. Uh, he was last seen at the Yavapai Lodge. And, you know, the details on this, this story are actually kind of scant. I tried to click around a little bit and see if I could find, like, more details. But basically, uh, they last saw him at the Yavapai Lodge, and then they found him on... Let me find the name of this trail. But it's a trail that's uh, basically like an experts-only sort of a trail. And for people who are unaccustomed to the Grand Canyon, even if you're in a, like a, a good hiker and you're used to lots of other landscapes, the Grand Canyon presents a, a unique set of challenges that people yeah. often find themselves a little surprised by the difficulty of. Well, in any case, this, this fellow managed to make it 11 days, which I think is a That's little incredible. crazy. Uh, 11 days to... Well, now it's at the end of it's at the end of December, so you're not going to have like the level of heat and stuff like that. True, but, but you've also nights. got the cold, right? Yeah. So I mean, like, I don't know how well prepared he was. Clearly, it was well enough that he was able to survive 11 days. But I'm I'm a little bit like, all right, dude, if you're the if you're the guy that can survive 11 days in the Grand Canyon, were you really lost? Or yeah. Did you just not tell the, people what was going on? The story's a little murky. Yeah, so I'm not sure what's going on there. But in any mm-hmm. case, uh, he had been like reported missing or for some reason considered missing. And then they found him 11 days later. Uh, and, um, I mean, I don't see how you get lost in the grand Canyon. There's a river. There's an edge. Like, <laughs> I, how do you, where are you going to go? <laughs> I'm just going to keep side hilling. Side hilling. If I just keep side hilling, I'm sure for- I'll find something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm the just Grand Canyon slab. is actually like super. I'm just super technical. Alone. If you get outside the the corridor, the Grand Canyon, you you yeah, really need to, to know point, what you're doing. How do you get lost? You either go up or you go down, right? Yeah. And, I, then, uh, and then if you go all the way up and you come out, you don't know where you are. You can definitely get into a space where you cannot go up. Yeah, yeah or, or not, or, or you can't go down. And you're just yeah, stuck I mean, here. Clipping yeah. yourself out yeah. would be the, the one of the biggest yeah. dangers. But I don't yeah. think you're necessarily lost if you're cliffed out. So the thing that I wondered was like, <laughs> you know water. where you are. You're like, what, did, what did the guy do for water for 11 days? Because that's a lot of water that he you're going to need. He drank his urine, man. They have there's some just like they do in Boulder. Depending on where he was, there's Springs that come out. Well, on, and you know, actually, this, I guess it's the, end of December, so there could have been snow yeah. melt or something like, or snow pack that he could. Have Although you do using. have to watch out, some of the streams in the Grand Canyon are not not the, not the Faces. best to drink. Yeah. Um, Definite. Uh, that's that's beyond Boulder. When in doubt, drink your actually, own. In any case, There's if you find yourself lost too. in the Grand Canyon, so you can go for twelve days. <laughs> <laughs> um, he spent ten of those days. But actually, pro, uh, here's a trail tip. If you find yourself lost in the net, well, good luck. 
Good luck. That's, <laughs> that's, that's your tip. tip. Well, I got whistled. Oh, sorry. Go. But no, no, no. if you can get to the Colorado River, if you're in dire need, if you get to the river, you'll for sure have a river trip passing at some point in December, a day yeah. or two. Oh yeah, even yeah, around. Really? Much, yeah. So you could, if you can get to the river, you could at least flag for help. Yeah, you could burn yeah. your jeans. Just tuck and roll down to the river. <laughs> Drink, and, and, tuck and roll. And those rafting trips usually have a lot of beer. And, for all and, those, you know, a lot of times they have pretty good food too. Yeah. So you might find yourself might rescued in accidentally. Get and if if you find yourself on a cliff and you think you might be able to make it if you jump just go for it don't do <laughs> don't that. do that don't do that do not and don't try and swim in that river it's super no, cold you'll yeah. you'll make it about 10 feet and then and most of all uh, just you know maybe go prepared and don't get in over your head but if you do 12 days i mean you, you could break this guy's record. record all right what else do you got? all right so uh glacier national park um pod did you send me this story i don't know i don't know glacier oh, national yes, park did. is replacing signs so yes, I did. Uh, they put in these signs. It was like in the like 90s or something like that. And at the time, uh, the scientists, based on the, the models, were predicting that most of the glaciers within Glacier National Park would be gone by 2020. Well, as you may notice, we're at 2020, and they're not all completely gone. Damn now, it, they we are, failed. They are all receding. Uh, the Climate melting, change is a hoax. The melting is, is <laughs> ongoing, uh, and there are like... Basically, the, the, there's been a lot of updates to the models since they originally made these signs way back when. Uh, and the overall message is still the same. Hey, we're heating up the planet with burning carbon. Maybe we should stop doing that if we would like to have glaciers for like our grandkids to be able to see. Um, so anyway, yeah, they're uh, uh, not terribly well-funded, so they've replaced some of the signs, but there are still others that continue to, to have this, like, they're all going to be gone by 2020, and that's not quite how it is. You know, so. I, kn- I saw that story on a number of, um, how should I say, alternative websites that were like, see... This is fake. This was fake news. See, this is, this is the news. Big Green doesn't want you to hear. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was like, you know, the glaciers are—they're still melting. They're, they're still, still melting. in recession, and they're still smaller than they were. I'm That's sorry. Still the same theme everywhere. I'm sorry they're not all gone right now to yeah. to, <laughs> to prove. Gee, sorry we weren't right fast. Sorry enough. we weren't right fast. Yeah, it's like. Um, you're not, you're not dying tonight, just tomorrow morning. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Sorry we made that particular. And if not You'll tomorrow, maybe the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe oh, you sure got us. Yeah. It's taken longer for things to go really bad than we originally thought <laughs> it could possibly happen. So, um, yeah. Let's see. On to sunnier news. Colorado Parks and Wildlife um, have basically confirmed that there is a wolf pack uh, that is... We need to get... That is at least like operating in if not fully residing in uh colorado matthew Rispoli. so in 1940s they basically eradicated the wolf from colorado um in the 40s yeah 1840s did you say or 1940s? It was the 1940s okay in any case they eradicated it and you know there's some sightings here and there of like uh a, a wolf or people might hear one um, but they have uh, confirmed there's like a, some people have gotten some videos of multiple multiple wolves hanging out together, basically acting as a pack and hearing howling of multiple wolves at the same time. And they found uh, like a scavenged, I think like elk carcass or something. Or did you see the interview with the guy north of Steamboat that got one of those videos? I didn't see that. No, so I watched the video, a couple of videos. I pulled some audio. Oh, okay, cool. Let's check it out. That I run from ain't been born. 
and his mama's already dead. I ain't running from nothing. <laughs> I never have in my whole life, and I ain't going to start now. <laughs> and you're not going to sacrifice my babies for some damn Wolf. bear. And I Wait, raised... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the guy from North of Steamboat. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. Guy gets around, he's got a few homes, huh? <laughs> North of Steamboat as in Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's kind of interesting news. There is actually a, uh, I believe, a ballot measure um, in 2020 for Colorado to uh, to do like a, a reintroduction program oh. of the wolf. Hmm. Uh, they are federally listed as an endangered species, and so reintroducing them to some of the areas from which they've been extirpated um, would be, I think, cool. I, actually, we talked about this on the trail show maybe like, Two, three, four months ago, I think yeah. uh, you mentioned that there's an initiative to to get that that going. So I hope that 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 continues, uh, and maybe even this wolf pack taking up residence in the state will, I hope, boost that effort uh, because there's plenty of other areas where they could be reintroduced. And the fact mm-hmm. that they've got some moving in in some portions of the state, I think bodes well for for saying like hey yeah this this could work if we do it in other parts of the state like we could we could have a a healthy wolf population in in colorado again which i think would be cool there's you know when they reintroduced them to uh yellowstone there were a lot of uh interesting changes that happened yes uh, crazy ecologically as well as to like the animal behaviors and things like that Mm -hmm. having uh apex predators is is part of a natural mm-hmm. ecosystem they should and, uh, reintroduce them yeah. to wolf creek pass that would be so, amazing in any case i thought it was pretty cool when i heard that they that there's actually like a, a pack in residence <laughs> sorry that was a <laughs> delayed laugh to pod's joke I, okay I apologize i'm not sure what happened uh so uh, i think out of order sent this one to me gator bites florida college student hiking in the everglades <laughs> <laughs> yes. so, this is a real story. Yeah, you all are out here this making is a fun real of Florida story. Trail hikers, and look what they're dealing with look down there. Well, Gator look attacks. what they're dealing with. No, down there. we don't make fun of them because of that. You like, got, that's real. You got dinosaurs attacking you on the Colorado no. Trail. No, <laughs> but this right. sounds like a Florida man story. <laughs> so, so this yeah. was actually like they were on a, a college trip. Uh, it was a professor and about fifteen students. They were waiting now. <laughs> hey, why are we laughing? Oh, moment of silence. Terrible. Moment of silence. So they they were wading oh, through uh, through some water um, on like a, a wet portion of trail near the Pahayoki Overlook. Um, That's how you say it. So Triple O. Sorry. So, so anyway, she got uh, uh, says the young woman's lower right leg was bitten, uh, and she suffered two small puncture wounds and described the injury as low pain. Oh. So it doesn't sound like Nothing, it was maybe no. a very big gator. It might have just been like a little love tap. Yeah. Um, a nip. It's Can like you a imagine just you're, like, nip. you're like, oh, what was that? Oh, my God, there's a gator. <laughs> <laughs> Smiling at you with like a piece of your skin hanging out of his teeth. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, Ow. Uh, my, my favorite part of this gator. was uh, um, Gannett said, uh, so they were talking to like the ranger or something, said, the trail is a popular spot among hikers, and alligator attacks there are extremely unusual. Unusual. So they didn't say, they don't it was have. like, hey, this has never happened before. They didn't say, like, you know, oh, uh, we can't believe this has, you know, happened. Um, this is, there's no history of this. Just, just unusual. 
Yeah. You know sure, who's on the Florida trail unusual, right now? But just unusual. Larry Boy. Larry Boy. Larry Boy. Oh, watch out, Larry Boy. Hey, and watch out, because now with the with the pythons that now live in the Everglades, Ooh. I'm waiting for the first python. <laughs> what I what I really want to see is the pythons and the iguanas start fighting each other. That'll be entertaining right there. Ugh, I don't think that's going to be much of a fight. Yeah, it won't be, but not with the iguanas well, what else dropping you got? out of the trees. Um, so the uh, there was a uh, this is another Colorado story, but uh, man, so I actually feel pretty bad for these people. Uh, a family in Westminster they have three dogs, and now they only have two because a bald eagle swooped into oh, their yard while they were having dinner, and so like what they came home from dinner, and like only two dogs greeted them, and then they went out into the backyard where they had seen like a big huge bald eagle hanging out on a tree earlier in the day like the guy had snapped photos of this big old oh, bald eagle man. hanging out and they found like just some fur and a couple feathers and oh. like and then some pieces of the dog so it was like a little pomeranian and uh this is why you shouldn't have a little dog i mean there's plenty of reasons to not have little dogs the i pomeranian's get. got papers special uh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm just saying. Listen, if if this if the symbol for Merca has taken this little Pomeranian out, I think maybe that's a good sign that Pomeranians not American. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Doesn't man. sound American. Pomeranian. What is it? French? That little French dog. French dog. What, what's the poodle. Ron Swanson uh, quote? Uh, Any dog under fifty pounds is a cat, and cats are pointless. <laughs> that sounds about right. Wow. That sounds yeah, that definitely sounds like Ron Swanson. Uh actually, yeah, this was an article written by uh by Barney Mann. Um oh. and uh this was a really interesting story about this guy who was probably the first person to hike the Continental Divide before there was ever a Continental Divide trail. This was back in like the 20s, like 1920s. I think 24 was the year that that he did it here. Hmm. Uh, But it was a really interesting. For real, this dude was hardcore. Um, I read this this article uh, and then and then realized that it was from Barney. Okay, (laughs) Uh, who he's a friend of mine. Uh, Actually, uh, he was. um, I stayed with Barney and Sandy when uh, I went to go hike the PCT in 2006, uh, and I was SoCal, right? Yeah, they're trail angels in San Diego. Okay. Uh, and actually, the year that I stayed with them, I think, was the first year that they ever started hosting hikers. Hmm. Um, so I, they, they hold a special place in my heart. But Barney has become pretty prolific writer for uh, trail books. Um, he's got a, a couple of them out there, a few of them, I, I guess, at yeah. this point. Yeah. Uh, and has done um, a number of articles for Backpacker. I always enjoy his writing, but when I started reading this article, I had I didn't even realize it was his. Hmm. Um, but what a fantastic article! Um, I don't want to like ruin it by talking too much about it. Okay. Um, but suffice we'll it to, to say it. that that uh, this this guy did what looks like probably the first border to border continental divide hike, uh, and he kept some journals that he sent to a good friend of his, and those ended up with. Uh, in in Barney's hands eventually, uh, and it's a really fascinating story. I I was certainly uh, enthralled while I was reading it. So cool. I encourage everybody to check it out. I think it's uh, definitely a fun one. Awesome. Very good. Um, and I think 
I think is that it? I think that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's it, man. Ladies, no, 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 no. That's not it. That's not it. Oh, uh, too bad. We are. We've got a new own. song. Oh. Oh, 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 and I would like to close out Trail News with a playing of my song. That's true. <laughs> Can Spesh? we do that? We, we can do that. This is from Pat Axel Dixon. Which, it, thank you. Right? Thank you. Here's special. Thank you. I love that he got a little kid. <laughs> you know what? We all got songs. Whoa. What did you cut my song short for? Wait, wait, I just wanted to say we all got songs. <laughs> and hopefully at some point throughout the evening, we'll be playing everybody's song. So we're going to hear the rest of mine now? Sure. Are you going to sing along? And now a tribute to Special. I feel like I'm in Hawaii right now. It's like a mellow vibe. Feels like Hawaii. Super mellow. I like it. This this little like almost Spanish style guitar in the middle here. I love this part. Yeah, I'm ready for some sangria. Yeah. But the little kid's voice is like a small little child that you'd wake up from a nightmare and it'd be like right in your face. <laughs> I know. Isn't it great? Oh, how dare you ruin a special like, song with that image? No, I like it. It's got like a certain haunting quality to the child's voice. I think I think there's something there. Yeah? Yeah. It's like slightly, like just like 5%, maybe 10% creepy, but like also haunting and beautiful at the same time. That's just really nice guitar. It oh, really is. The yeah. guitar is Incredible. lovely. I've got an idea. Like during our trip segment, whoever's talking, we'll, we'll play their music <laughs> behind them. Special. Do we know who the the young lady is that sang special? I'm not sure if it's a young lady or a young a boy. boy too. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, yeah. listen, it sounds listen. like it could be. Yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a girl. I think it's a little girl. I think it might be a little you can't boy. tell with little kids. They yeah, all have the could, same it, voice. Yeah, I mean, it Trust could go me. either way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gender is a construct. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do trips? Um, I tell you what, let's go to the hotline first. Call the can we have some beer, please, from the cooler Creole A little more beer, from the cooler. Get some beer from the cooler. P.O.D. Crack a beer, pass it over to me. Over here. Over to me. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, the the number one, probably most important call is is gonna make you smile, Disco. Oh, here we go. Oh boy. Peace and love. Bear sweat. <laughs> Peanut has left the womb. Oh. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you filmed the last show. That's the nature of the show. But I get chill show legal to write up that documentation and we can get this thing signed and uh, you never know. 
Love you guys. Be good. That's a big news about yeah, peanuts. Right. peanuts. I mean, I actually saw a picture of Peanut, and Peanut is adorable. Yeah, I saw a picture of the, of the whole family. Are you for real? Yeah. This is a real person. Yeah, on Instagram, I'll show you a break. By it's, the way, uh, I cooking don't... cooking with scraps. Um, she wrote a letter to the Trail Show a while ago when uh, she was with child with the first one, and um, anyway, I, f- I followed her after that, and they put up a really cute picture of the four of them. I'll show you a break. Uh, oh, great. Bear Sweat's there. I don't think he was driving on 95. No, I think Mm-mm. he was talking he, in hushed tones because probably everybody was sleeping. Yeah, he yeah, didn't want to wake yeah. Peanut. That was yeah. the voice we got right yeah. there. Yeah, if you don't yeah. wake yeah. a newborn. I, w- I, wonder, I wonder how soon we got that call after Peanut. Uh, oh, maybe it, was the, maybe it was from the ER. The I wonder if this is like one of those wolf attack things. Yeah, where like, the you first know, thing he thought Even of. in the midst of it, he's like, I got to call a trail show. <laughs> is it out yet? I got to make the call. Yeah. What, like like maybe he was in the in the in like the little privacy booth or something in the hospital still. He was actually cutting the umbilical you know. cord as oh, he made the call. Oh, no, no. I, I would <laughs> love to think so, but I don't, I don't know. If that. any of that's true, Bear Sweats, uh, let us know. If you need a yeah, divorce let lawyer, let us if, know. If it's not true, just let us know, too. I mean, you Make know, it up. Make us feel yeah, good. Obviously, we don't care about the truth here. Yeah. What else is on the hotline? Well, this is a, another uh, celebrity called us. All right. Hello. This is Inigo Mandoya. You killed my father. I hand pluck my own chickens. <laughs> what? Is that, that is that a euphemism it? for something? <laughs> is that it? What does that even mean? <laughs> what the? Hand plucked my own chickens? chickens? I guess there's a way to pluck okay. your chickens without pulling out the feathers by hand, you know? Could, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I know that I, I, a, I don't know how it would work, but. There's a very water. famous trail angel yeah. that showed up on the PCT one day to to give trail magic and he showed up with a an, an unplucked chicken that he then had the hikers pluck and cook and in my mind that's not really trail magic that sounds more like i don't know community service trail nightmare trail nightmare <laughs> trail torture trail torture yeah okay well sounds like a weird sense of humor yeah who, all right who is this trail angel um he was in a movie a couple years ago. Oh, a trail movie, angel that was in a movie? That The movie was based on a book that D'Lo spent three years reading. That's all I'll say. Hmm. Do, you, oh. do you have any idea? I, I still haven't finished that book. Are you, by the oh, way. Huh. How, how much more do you have? Uh, like a couple of pages. Okay. <laughs> you'll, you'll get there in 2020. Yeah, it's, I, I read like a word a night. Hashtag goals. Yeah. <laughs> I read like one word a night to kind of prolong it because it's such a good ending. I just, I just oh my it god, end, that was good. <laughs> the, and and would you that. believe? Would you believe I was on a plane once and that movie was playing, and I started <laughs> watching it, watch. and I started watching it, and I had to turn it off before the plane landed. I we are talking about Squatch's uh, latest film. Even yet, more still walking, walking <laughs> to the north. Somewhere we're going north, walking, right? squatching. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh-huh. squatching yeah. is from a different series. Uh, All right. Sorry. Let's get into Trail <laughs> of the Month. Walking, walking. Oh, we're getting right into Trail of the Month. Let's get into Trail yeah. of the okay. Month. Or wait a minute. Should we? T- I think we might need to take a break. Let's do trips and some other shorter segments first. Okay, let's do trips. We'll go to break, and then I swear we'll do Trail of the Month. Okay. Okay. Great. Who's going to start? Okay. You are. Okay. Why? Uh, me? Yep. Do I get to trips? play my music while yes. I'm talking about my trip? Disco. 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 All right, folks. So... P.O.D. and I went down to southern Arizona over Christmas, <laughs> and uh, I did a little hiking in Saguaro National Park, Ooh. and 
this was a day after Christmas. Yeah. And I was hiking in short sleeves, ladies and gentlemen. You got to say this in your very white voice. Yeah. I was hiking in short sleeves, ladies and gentlemen. Make it deeper. Uh, That's nice. All the skin showing. Maybe the God voice. <laughs> God. <laughs> I was hiking in short sleeves, ladies and gentlemen. Swan National Park, December 26. 70 degrees. We were having a good time out there. Walking around, looking at cactus. Oh, looking at Ocotillos. Looking at yucca, creosote. Oh, tell me more. Looking at the little holes the pygmy owls created in those swallows. Oh, yeah. And the people from Tucson, they were wearing down coats. Oh, yeah. Being POD, short sleeves, shorts. Sun's out, guns out. Sun's out, guns out. Having a good time. Just getting real smooth. All right, everybody. That's my trip report. Have a good 2020. Tip your waitress. All right. Disco. All right. All right. They're actually elf owls. Elf owls. <laughs> or pygmy owls. That was better than elf like anyone could have imagined. I know. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that was my trip report. Okay, who's next? Triple O. You seem to be next. Triple O, you got sure. a song. Wait a minute. Let me cue you up, man. Oh. 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 Hotel. It sounds a little German. It does something. sound German. I could I stay here why. a while. <laughs> I wonder why it sounds German. <laughs> okay, where Germany has the best chocolate. I don't know why you guys. Also, Kraftwerk is from Germany. So yeah. there you go. Um, trip reports uh, over Thanksgiving. Since I wasn't on the last show, I went to the Grand Canyon, hiked a nice little three-day hike. Really. Yeah, down Damn. the Hermit Trail and then across the Tonto Layer and back up Bright Angel. Nice. Highly recommended. Nice little three-day hike you can do there. Um, and then during Christmas break, I was in Florida. I, too, was in short sleeves. But then I took it off and went swimming in the ocean. And then you got, and then you got bit by a manatee? I did, no, I did I not I get bit by a manatee. I, did, I was not in Florida. I did see a dolphin jump completely out of the water, <laughs> and you made some pretty cool. You made some YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. Right? If you want to get your relaxation on, I made these for Disco because he, really he really likes a nice nature scene to relax in the evenings with on YouTube. Yep. So uh, you can go watch some sunset videos. You gotta go to YouTube. I think if you search for "predictably lost," you'll probably find. <laughs> we'll post a link <laughs> along with the conclusion of your European. Oh no, the conclusion has not happened oh, yet. Oh, okay. but Never it's mind. just it, it's upcoming. It's Pen- way pending. easier to pending. film a sunset than edit actual video. Okay. Yeah, that's about it. I like your song. Yeah, that's a grooving song. Yeah, I feel like there should be some like skinny German dudes in leather. Like marching around. I think there were. <laughs> All right, who's next? I'll go next. Okay, D'Lo, uh, we have a little something for you, too. Oh, I hope it has yard, yard tool sounds on it. Right, like it rake doesn't. sounds. D'Lo. D'Lo. So on uh, D-Lo. Wednesday morning, <laughs> on Wednesday morning, I took a little walk from my house. I walked about a mile and a half to the budget D-Lo. rental car. And I rented a car. And then I drove that car 250 miles to Grand Junction, oh, Colorado. This is oh, it. Oh, man. And then when I, went to, when I went to Grand Junction, Colorado. Tell us more. I, I drove to the budget rental car place in Grand Junction. But I didn't give them back the car right away. I got out of the car. 
And I walked a mile through strip malls of Grand Junction <laughs> to the Subaru dealer yeah. where my car has been for about seven weeks. See, what happened was oh my God. I tried to take a trip over Thanksgiving too, but we didn't make it. Car cool broke faded. down. We threw a rod. Got towed back to Grand Junction two hours oh. to the Subaru dealer. We ended up having ourselves a lovely vacation in Grand Junction. Made it home for Thanksgiving. But our car was still there. So Subaru will not be sponsoring any show. <laughs> the mechanic in Grand Junction did his best to repair that engine. But in the end, he couldn't do it. So Subaru put in a brand new engine. Oh! Brand new engine, ladies and gentlemen. That's like getting a new car. It is like getting a new car. Wow. But we also actually got a new car. So now we have two cars. Wait a minute. So you bought another car? Stop the press. Did you have to trade in one of your bikes? Stop the press. No, I didn't. Did you convert one of your cars to run on urine? No, no. We actually, we got a car that's a little bit more appropriate for a family of four. Uh, so we got ourselves a Toyota Rav4, oh. a Ravioli. Yep, a Toyota Rav4 hybrid. So oh, that's the ones that get incredible, incredible gas mileage. Yeah, incredible gas mileage. I mean, the only drawback is that it's a Rav4, which are <laughs> ugly as sin. Wow, what? you just no. Actually, I don't like it. They are. No, it's, it's objectively like, true. I think I, like I would Rav4. agree. Hey, you can hate on me all you want. I'm I, just saying it. I would it's agree true. with. I think the new ones, which which kind of have that grill in the front, are kind of ugly. But this is an older one. This is a 2017. So the styles have changed dramatically in the past three years. Anyways, we have a new car. But on third on Wednesday, I retrieved my old car. It was a moment of triumph because when I walked into the dealer. The man that I had been calling every week for about seven weeks now. Hey, Jim, this is Mike checking in on the Subaru Impreza. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll try and call him back. I'll try and call him back next week. But when I walked in on Wednesday, he didn't know who I was. He said, what's your name? I said, Mike DiLorenzo. And he looked up and he smiled and he laughed (laughs) and he said, Man, your car is done. Wow. I'm so grateful that you are a patient person. And then he said, excuse me, old man in the suit over there. I forget the man's name, but that's who he motioned to, who happened to be his boss. He came over and shook my hand and thanked me again for my patience. Wow. And then gave me the keys to my car and drove it out to me. And I didn't have to pay a cent. Dude. Subaru of North America picked up the tab just about ten thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. about ten thousand dollars <laughs> to fix this car, Damn. which uh, is now for sale. So if anybody happens to want to buy a Subaru with two new sets of tires, one winter, one summer, and a brand new engine, oh. how much? Yeah, how much? Eleven thousand five hundred dollars. That is a screaming. The deal. car itself has doesn't even have thirty eight thousand miles on it, dude. I, Will you take a check? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trail show listeners in the Colorado area. Wow. Yep. Listen, trail there show listeners. That was my trip. If you could oh, yeah. each send me one dollar <laughs> to uh, to my PayPal, uh, I'm gonna you buy, buy, buy Dilo's car from him. So after I Damn. after I picked up the car, I drove to Glenwood Springs, spent the night in a motel because I was kind of I can't drive eight hours anymore. Six hours was about all I could stand. Did you, uh, did you go soak in the hot springs? No, I just went to a Mexican restaurant and walked around the town and, you know, just just 
not, nothing much. I got out? out of there real early the next day. I was on the road at 7.30 because there was weather moving in, and I wanted to get in a couple turns on the snowboard at Copper. Did you um, hang out yes, with Dirtmonger? Yes. No. Why does he live in Glenwood Springs? He's somewhere around there. Yeah, I didn't. I just stayed in a motel. Come kept on. to myself. Yeah. Got did out of there at 7.30. No, 7.30 in the morning. Soak? I was on the road. I can't road. believe you didn't go for a soak. You didn't go for a soak? No, oh, man. I just... soaked, man. I, I was... No. You could you have soaked. On, I could have soaked. But I just rolled out, got in some turns at Copper, and made it home before the uh, before the snow foo hit. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's a, my trip. That's an incredible story, That's man. Trip. Good trip. Wow. Who's hmm. next? Uh, I'll go next. Spesh. I don't know if you've already forgotten about it, but... I did not forget about it. I so I checked my email and saw that today, and I was like, "What? I got a song!" And I I seriously listened to it three times through. <laughs> I was so excited. So where did you go? Nobody's nobody's ever made me a song. No, before, same here, man. Know? I don't. I've never had like, a that's song. awesome. That's sure. really cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, gosh, I've done a few things, I guess. Um, let's see. On New Year's Eve, I went and tried to climb Sherman. Uh, did most of Mount Sherman. Wait a minute. At night? like a or, No, no, no. Or, New Year's okay, Eve, okay. The, the, day the day of New of, Year's okay, Eve. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, it was actually like super early on the day of New Year's Eve. Uh, and it was actually a beautiful uh, walk up most of it. And then like the last maybe 500 vertical feet, uh, the wind was out of control. It was like 30 miles an hour sustained with gusts up to about 45, 50 miles an hour. And... Yeah. So, like, I don't know how to explain this, but there's different types of gusts in the mountains, right? There's the gusts that when they come, they, like, hit you violently, you know? And then there's the ones that, like, they might build to a high velocity, but it it takes them a second to do it. And so Mm -hmm. it doesn't, like, it doesn't, like, shake you as much. But those gusts that just kind of, like, slam into you, if you're walking over snow that itself is on talus or uneven rock and you're about to ascend, like, the last... 500 feet to the top of a 14er and you're getting hit by that it's not so much fun so uh we ended up turning around and going back down probably about 400 feet shy of the summit Mm. um but then what several days later uh anyway back uh, not to not to sherman okay uh went to um to quandary uh and uh and made it all the way to the top um of that one and it was gorgeous up there um, and I was actually yeah. climbing with uh, with a cat um, f- who. Meow. This is sort of a weird story, actually. I'll I'll I'll, I'll, Friend of the I'll show. go off. So um, I was I was swiping Tinder one day, hey. and uh, and hey I saw this profile. Oh, no. for, Accidentally. <laughs> well, I see this profile for this uh, this woman who like hosts these parties where she breaks things right yes and i was like what that's pretty cool you know so so typically like i don't go on like i don't leave like tinder or bumble or whatever to instagram it's almost like a cardinal rule for me like if somebody's got like check out my instagram i'm like nope um Mm. but anyway i was like a party where you break that sounds cool so anyway followed him on instagram didn't think about it uh, and then, like, whatever, a month later, I, I wanted to throw my computer through my window one day at work. And I was like, oh, those break things parties. So I messaged this person. I'm like, hey, what's up with these parties? Da-da-da-da-da. Signed up for the party. Turns out 
this is actually somebody that POD yeah. worked with for like five years or Correct. something yeah. like that. We're good friends. Yeah. So anyway. Um, now, when you are in a dating situation, do you see that as a positive or a negative that she knows and likes POD? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like, the the profile wasn't, I mean, it was on a dating website, but it was really like, hey, I host these parties to break things, you should check it out. And that was really, like, the, the impetus in the, in the first place. But then it turns Fair. out that she's, like, a friend of PODs and is into climbing 14ers, so, so I was like, oh, okay, this a cool person, right on, let's hang out. So anyway, yeah, we, uh, sh- that's who I was climbing with, uh, and then my, p- my friend Pajamas joined us for the, uh, um, the Mount Sherman climb. Um, but yeah, it was good fun. So, cool. and if you're in Denver and want to go to a party where you break, uh, what, what dirt, kind of things do you bag. break? She gets a bunch so, of stuff from the thrift store, and she's to the point now she has a relationship, and they save stuff for her. But the last one they did a car. Right? Yeah, so the last one was awesome. I've only been to two of them. She's only done two since I like, they had a signed DJ up. And stuff? Didn't you get first? Shot at the car? I did, yeah. With a sledgehammer or something? Uh, I think it was actually an axe with like a, <laughs> a like a splitting mall kind of kind of. So setup. you got like safety glasses. This is uh-huh, what yeah. happens, Larry. Yeah, yeah. this like, is what happens when you <laughs> a stranger in the. Uh, so yeah, it, it was. Uh, <laughs> but so it was. It, they're a lot of fun. I mean, like, um, if you if you were like upset about something, these would be fantastic events. And in fact, some of the people that have attended the ones that I've been to have had some stuff that they were maybe processing because, like, wow. dealing with some heavy stuff. But, like, it's it's fun to just break stuff, right? I mean, like, oh, there's yeah. a certain cathartic 100%. joy she, in and, it. And she does, like, she puts a powdered dye in some of the yeah. stuff. So yeah. it's really, and it's she has a lot so of, There's, like, a dress. Film. Yeah, there's, like, so a dress what else, code. What and, else have you broken at these parties other than the car? Oh, gosh, like, piano? plates and bottles. Was and a piano. A piano was at the first one. Um, I went. Wait, uh, is so it outside? Like Wait, TVs, printers. uh is it in a warehouse? Where is the uh, the first one was outside in like this industrial area, uh-huh. and the the one that I just went to the the most recent one was like in this warehouse that's been empty for forever. Hmm. And that one was uh, like it was cool. Like uh, she had a DJ. Right? She had like all these different domestic scenes set up where you just like TVs and different stuff, and then and then the yeah, big DJ which was jamming, and then like a car. So yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, and then I also I bought a ski pass this year. So yeah. I I, I uh, got up to Eldora and did a little bit of uh, a little bit of snowboarding. So nice. I guess that's most of my trips. I also went down to. Uh, um, oh wait, I'm supposed you're, you're to, pulling a I'm supposed here. to talk not, about. I'm supposed, I'm supposed Just, to talk about Space Force. I said earlier I was going to talk. Force? So yeah. I, I had to go down to where they, where Space Force is. Where is Space Force? It's in Shriver Air Force Base in uh, outside of Colorado Springs, and I had to go down there for uh, like this site walk for Space some stuff Force in my business. Space Force is in Colorado. Yeah, their Sisters headquarters is. I, I was, I was in, <laughs> I was in the Space Force headquarters. I saw one of the, I guess, officers in space like a uniform, Force. and it was camouflage, and I was like, "What was going was on?" Was it here? a Space What's Force space uniform? Yeah, it space, space, space camouflage. Space camouflage. No, it was just regular, and white regular camouflage, and I was like, "I don't think you guys have thought this through." Space no. Force. <laughs> you gotta have like some planets on your uniform, right? some stars, maybe a couple quasars. A black hole. Space. Nebula here and there. A you black know. hole. Force. <laughs> space Force. Space um, Force. All right. Okay. I guess I'm done. What the uh, hell is Space sure? Force? Hold on. Let me think. <laughs> P.O.D., did you go? Yeah, no, I'm done. Did you go somewhere? No, no, wait. I got some. I thought no, you no, wanted I'm me done. to talk about the other thing. What other thing? The rune thing. <coughs> what does that mean? The PCT thing. This is P.O.D.'s song, by the way. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh,
All right, P.O.D. Um, did I don't you, care. Well, let, let's, save the, okay. let's save that thing for later. Did you go anywhere in the last month? Yeah, I went down to uh, southern Arizona okay. with my partner. <laughs> <laughs> we went to did Pat- you walk around with a, with a T-shirt on? I did. Good we job. went to Patagonia, Arizona, which I have to say. Sun's out, guns out. Yep. Sun's out. Uh, oh, I'm more of a T-Rex, so I'm more like, not really good. Uh, okay, cool. It's more like a taser or something. Um, <clears throat> so uh, we went to Patagonia, Arizona. I got to say, it's a cool little town. Um, they got a bakery. They got a cool cafe. They got a killer natural food store for that size town. But we also went to a bird sanctuary. There's actually two bird sanctuaries that are connected by a footpath that is a mile long. Mm. And uh, the first one is actually... It's a bird sanctuary, but it's focused on hummingbirds. And the other one's, uh, I don't know, just a bird Did you sanctuary. say hunting birds? Hunting birds, yeah. Really? So you, you could them... go to the bird sanctuary and hunt the birds no, they, that are they, seeking you take, sanctuary? you take those birds hunting. <laughs> are the birds like a pretty good shot? I mean, or are they like they have a they hard like, time aiming? They, they hone in on the prey and then you could hunt they're the prey. They're actually, the what birds it is, is they're all, like, they're all bald eagles yeah. and you take them with you and they just grab onto your deer or elk. Or your <laughs> Pomeranian. <laughs> Pomeranians. <laughs> Got to keep that Pomeranian population in check. That's I've never right. heard of a bird sanctuary with hunting birds. Yeah, well, it's it's pretty it's pretty one of a kind. Wow! So that was cool. What's the significance of Patagonia, Arizona? It is on the Arizona Trail. It is the first trail town on the AZT on a northbound. Oh yeah, hike. and we actually did it the first day that we were there. We got there kind of in the afternoon, close to dark, but we were we managed to get into a. A very short hike that went up to a low pass on the ACT, which was very satisfying to be like, okay, we have exactly an hour and 40 minutes, and to be able to actually get up to a pass and then be able to turn around was pretty cool. Humble brag. It was fun. It was great. Perfect timing. Gumi? All right, Gumi. Uh, See, I've done a couple of hikes in Roxborough State Park. We did the two short loops there towards the end of December. We were back last Sunday for Carpenter Peak. I've uh, been up at a lot of county parks, Alderfer, Three Sisters. Yeah. Uh, we did Staunton last Saturday. Uh, it was interesting. The ice was so hard and polished that it really took an effort to get the micro spikes to stick in some areas. Huh. And uh, then we did an evening hike that night at Green Mountain west of Lakewood. And uh, one of my friends on the hike uh, found a patch of ice, went down hard, and now Ooh. has uh, a plate in her wrist. Oh, oh my gosh. Where was that at? That's not the kind of souvenir uh, you want. Yeah, it's uh, the uh, William Hayden Park. It's yeah. a Lakewood City Park. So that's pretty much the only uh, oh, yeah. decent night hike right now because their curfew is 10 p.m., And all the other ones are an hour after sunset. So I'm starting to schedule evening hikes uh, starting at like 4.30 so we can be out by 6 by the time the curfew is. And just FYI, if you uh, live in the Metro Denver area, Gumi Bear hosts several meetup groups that do tons of hiking. What are the names of your groups? Well, my friend Paul and I, uh, we took over a group called Denver Outdoor Adventures because we wanted to uh, kind of, we were part of a group called the Denver Trailheads and... Mm-hmm. We wanted to kind of do more things than the trailheads were doing, and then now we end up running the Denver Trailheads, so we're focusing on that group. I also help out uh, a guy named Don who has the Second Wind Hiking and uh, Getaways group. 
There's also a Front Range Explorers group, and now uh, a friend of mine is going to take over the South Metro Hikers group. Good grief, And man. I'm supposed to help them out with uh, hikes here and there. So I, I hike uh, typically uh, three to five times per week. Wow, yeah, Mags, Mags, you better watch out. He's giving That's you a right. coming, for for you, yeah. coming for you, Mags. Coming for you. Louis Bear is coming for you. Is there a, a breaking wind uh, hiking group? So I think uh, I could join that one. That's basically every hike that I'm oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, POD could head up that group for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to take uh, one last break. Oh, wait a minute. Did, I, did you have any other things uh, you want to mention? I believe that was it. Okay, okay. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we really are going to cover the Teton Crest Trail with Gummy Bears. So don't go. A ningún lado. Hi, this is Mr. Money Mustache, and I never listen to the trail show. Thank you, Triple M. I'll tell you who does listen to the trail show, Vitronox Swiss Army. You know the brand, Vitronox Swiss Army? They make the iconic red Swiss Army knife. But did you know they also make best-in-class luggage, Swiss-made watches, and other products? Founded in Switzerland in 1884 and still owned and operated by the family who invented the Swiss Army knife. The classic red Swiss Army knife is still as functional as it was then, but now you can browse hundreds of styles from the rescue tool designed with first responders to get out of a vehicle safely to the wine master designed specifically to open a bottle of wine. Watches that will take you around the world and travel gear ranging from suitcases to backpacks. Find the perfect trusted companion for your next adventure. Visit www.vitronux.com and our listeners will save 15% using code TRAILSHOW15, all caps. Are you sure it's not Victorinox? What am I saying? Vitronox? Yeah. Come on, it's Victorinox. Come on. That's www.victorinox.com. Victorinox. And code TRAILSHOW15 to save 15% now through March 25th. Some the exclusions apply. The only reason why I'm being picky about it is because there are a lot of knockoff Swiss Army knives. Yeah. Oh, are there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, lot, yeah. And, and, and when I was growing up, my dad got me a Victorinox one because I remember because their emblem has there's a very specific shield. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I, then, I, I think that shield is just like the shield on my knife on my Yeah, Dilo's yeah, got one in his uh, pocket. In-house. Yeah. <clears throat> can we get a picture of this? Somebody? It is. Uh, right. Yeah, we can. That's the Swiss Army Classic SD. Yeah. SD? What does SD mean? I don't know. But my yeah. dad one time tried to pass so It means off. so dope. All right. <laughs> 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 hey, my dad tried to pass off one of the fake ones and it rusted like in a month. Ah, so, okay. Yeah. It's important. So I, I'll say this. So the one Delos Holden is, it's a really small pocket knife, the Swiss Army Classic. It's the one item I've had on every long trail I've ever hiked, 17,000 miles. It's got a knife, a file, scissors, tweezers, and Delos' favorite, a toothpick. Yes. So one of the things that you can do with the... You, you, could do, you could do everything with this. So basically, you can cut your toenails with the scissors. Yep. 
You can use the knife to cut your fruit, your cheese. Open your mail drops. Open your mail drops. I don't really know what you might use the file for. File your fingernails. Yeah, I would cut them, man. Yeah. I guess. I don't really do that. You got to file your... There's also a, a flat... But what I, I will use <laughs> flat the flathead. Yeah, I will yeah. use that as a screwdriver. I actually make a heavy use of this plastic toothpick to clean the lint out of the charging... Uh, port uh, on my phone because it ooh, oftentimes gets yeah. clogged with lint. A good and, uh, I had to use the tweezers yeah. once to pull some um, forest debris out of the the charging. Yeah. I pour, pulled a lot of stuff out of there too. I yeah, think we may have jammed in there. I think yeah. we may have pulled uh, cactus spikes out of Leo's hand. I have the, definitely used the, the tweezers, tweezers to remove yeah. uh, so, various objects. forms yeah. of splinters and spines yeah. and spiky things. So it's kind of just got everything. Also, I actually use one. So I, I've I've used the same one that that Delo's got on a number of my hikes, but yeah, um, I also have one that I use uh, when I go into the field for my job. Mm. It's got it's one of the larger ones, but it's got several different tools on it. I actually have used probably like fifty percent of the of the little tools that are on there at one yeah. point or another. You that, can also use it as a tent stake. The only downside oh, is if you're going to fly by airplane, you have to remember to take it off your keychain because yeah. otherwise you're going to lose it. Yep, that's it, the only because downside. they're worried you're going to overpower the pilot with that <laughs> yep. half inch <laughs> knife. Much. And yeah. I'll add that that the the, the classic weighs eight tenths of an ounce. Oh. And they have a version of that knife called the Swiss Light that's the exact same thing, but it has an LED light with it also. <gasps> wow. <Yeah. Ooh. laughs> Boom, bam. They also have um, multi-tools, which I didn't know Swiss Army sold. And they also have these little, they're called Swiss cards, and they kind of look like a credit card, but they have inside the card you can pull out little Swiss Ooh. Army tools. Very James wow. Bond. It's very cool. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get some of those that we can look at for next month's show. Hmm. All right, um, TBD. Yeah. All right, very good. Um, trail of the month, Teton Crest Trail, the longest trail we've ever covered. <laughs> how, how long is it, Gummy Bear? Uh, the Teton Crest Trail is forty miles. Uh, the website that we used for planning was uh, Clever Hiker Teton Crest Trail Backpacking Guide. Oh, the Clever Hiker, oh, the Clever Hiker, like and the... that was actually it's almost as good. As the guides put out by the late Paul Magnanti. R.I.P. R.I.P. Late Paul Magnanti. Uh, yeah. I hope he's in a better place. Yeah. So, <laughs> he so, is. So give us a brief <laughs> overview. Is, is I'm assuming this trail's in T, the the Tetons. It uh, uh, it is in the it as advertised. It's on the crest of the Tetons. It's uh, it runs for 40 miles from uh, the Bridger Teton and Caribou Targhee National Forest. To the String Lake Trailhead in uh, Grand Teton National Park. Okay. Uh, days needed, according to Clever Hiker, was three to five days. Uh, peak elevation is just under 10,700 feet. Okay. So uh, it's, it's not uh, high altitude or that high of an altitude. Uh, elevation gain is uh, roughly 8,000 feet and loss about 7,500 feet. Over the course of the whole trip? Over the course of oh. the whole trip. Okay. That's nice. uh, they said best travel time is July through early September. Uh, we had done the hike. Uh, we did it. We planned for five days, August 19th through August 23rd. And we had uh, we hit everything perfectly. Uh, mosquitoes? There, no mosquitoes. There were some black flies, but they're slow. You can get to them pretty easily. Okay. Uh, wildflowers were amazing. Uh, water sources were flowing well. Just blue skies. Temperatures probably in the low to mid seventies every day, and, wow. and never got below fifty degrees that night. It was actually warmer wow. on the trail than it was in Jackson. Uh, oh. it, there was a 
window, I would say, a few days before we got there where it cleared up, and it was about a, a two-and-a-half-week period where, where people just had excellent weather. Hmm. There was just nothing. It was the perfect hike. That's awesome. Does it matter which direction you hike it, or is there a preferred direction? I, I'd say the preferred direction is south to north. And okay. What our group did, because uh, uh, six of the eight of us are over the age of 50, so, so yeah. we took the tram up from Jackson Hole Ski Area. We cheated a bit and did that. But the, the, the thing there was there's an incredible descent, and the trail there is not, uh, I'd say in spots it was probably 30% grade Ooh. coming down. So it was a little hard on Steep. the knees. Yeah. Ouch. So now explain that the tram allows you to what, like kind of shortcut the, one of the ends yeah we shortcutted uh for, mostly it was for elevation uh we saved ourselves about 2,000 foot elevation gain yeah. by taking the tram uh, we did it as a shuttle hike we had two vehicles parked at the string lake trailhead uh, we had uh, two vehicles at the jackson hole ski area uh, took the tram up uh, got got our uh, start photo up at the top and started the descent we had a very short day the first day we camped at the uh middle south fork granite canyon group campground and the one thing uh with the campgrounds was we had all group campgrounds okay so we had food lockers at all of our campgrounds so ah. the, the food situation was uh pretty easy and, and when we picked up our permit there was uh we were told oh you'll have to go through all this bear safety videos all this training and the the ranger got all of our information and looked at the permit and said, "Have fun." <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was the extent of that. It was probably huh. like ten minutes in the backcountry office. That's pretty extensive training. I mean, so all right, you're out here. I'm going to need you to have, have fun. Right? Yeah. yeah. What Tra- training? What was the, well, they what do was give the, you a little more if you're not tra- training if you're not done. Sites. You yeah. have to watch a video. What is the uh, permit process like? Was it difficult to get? So the days you wanted, I mean. So the pro- the problem we had, I think it's the first Wednesday in January that the t- that the permits go uh, up for grabs. Uh, the government shutdown was going on last year at that time, and then uh, they were saying it was going to go. I think the the Wednesday or Thursday after the shutdown ended that they were going to start it up, and then they decided it was going to be sometime in February. And my friend Pat organized the trip. So what he had, he had the computer, he had everything filled out. And they said it opened up at 8 a.m. And so basically he hit submit at 8 a.m. and or 15 seconds after 8 a.m. and got through and we had no problem getting the permit. But I hear that's one of the, the lowlights of the trip. That's a very competitive permit process. Hmm. And we did run into people who had permit issues that uh, they didn't get their desired campsites. Yeah. Uh, but the, the first few days on trail, we hardly saw anyone. Hmm. Huh. And, okay. and the people we saw were... Uh, Interesting. <laughs> okay. Were they also how, hiking how, the whole how thing? So, uh, so the first, the first day we're at a trail junction. Uh, one thing we found out that the National Geographic Trails Illustrator map uh, is pretty good for the trail, but they don't have the campgrounds. A couple of them in the exact location. Yeah. So that uh, set off some anxiety with one of the the uh, mega planners who was on the hike who. Uh, <laughs> Uh, ended up having health health related issues. I don't know if it was anxiety driven diarrhea or diarrhea driven Uh-oh. anxiety, but there were some issues there. That's a vicious of, spiral. Kind of <laughs> kind of freaking out about the situation. And yeah. while we're we're trying to regroup and and figure out where the site is, one of the, the ladies on the hike, uh, she went off on her own and just wanted to see if she'd run into the campsite. 
And this guy encountered her, and the first thing he asked for was her permit. And oh. are you hiking all alone? Uh, all these weird questions, and it really creeped her out. So she headed back to the group, and mm. then the guy asked us all these questions too. And he had no National Park Service identification, but we produced everything. And and the guy was a fast hiker. He's a strong hiker, but. Mm-hmm. He started up on, well, you know, I just finished the Colorado Trail and I needed to do another hike. And, and we we're like, oh, what'd you think of the trail? And he said, lots of snow. San Juans were great. And we thought, okay, something isn't right here with this mm-hmm. guy. He was just acting really strange. And we ended up finding the campsite probably a quarter mile from that encounter. And the campsite, the, the first one, that uh, Middle South Fork Granite Canyon group site was beautiful campsite. Uh, one of the sad things about it was one of the tent pads that was just perfectly laid out had a whole bunch of used toilet paper strewn oh, out about it. God. So that was Come kind on, of the, the, the downer on the first day of the trip. So. Did you see Do that you, uh, weirdo why? again? Why? No, he was, heading, he was heading southbound. Okay. He was heading southbound over Phillips Pass, and he was heading towards uh, the trailhead, uh, Phillips Canyon Trailhead. Okay. So there's uh, uh, the traditional approach, I guess, is from either you can... Uh, go F- Phillips Canyon Trailhead off of uh, Wyoming Highway 22, the Teton Pass Highway, or you can go up a Granite Canyon out of Grand Teton National Park to, to get to the trail. Hmm. And this guy was, he was the, we only saw a couple of southbounders. Uh, the next uh, the next day on the trail, we encountered uh, two guys. One of the guys was a, a hiker, and he was pretty cool. His buddy, I guess, came along, and he was like the hipster, so he had like the... Uh, 1960s boy scout rucksack and uh he was more into vaping than hiking yes i i <laughs> that, think that i guy's saw name him is D-Lo. yeah i think i saw him in boulder recently uh <laughs> i don't know so the first couple of days that oh. we only saw about uh half dozen people okay and then uh let's see would have been the third day we came to sunset lake and that was like uh a through hiker convention we started talking to you know people, and then more hikers would show up, and more. And then people had different stories. We ran to a family that had just come back from a year in Nepal. Wow! And uh, they had their kids with them, and uh, and we we're just thinking, wow, those kids have such a great life. You know, they're through yeah. hiking the Teton Crest Trail, and and how old were the kids? Kids were probably, uh, say one one was probably grade school, the other one was uh, middle school age. That is pretty cool. Do you happen to know off the top of your head, I'm going to look this up, what is the FKT for the Teton Crest Trail? That I don't know, but uh, again, the Mega Planner, because of uh, I later found out the uh, the anxiety-driven diarrhea or vice versa issues, he was trying to set an FKT between campsites because he felt safer doing his business near a campsite than somewhere along the trail. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm seeing things in the range of seven and a half hours. It's, That's, it is, well, yeah, it's, it's a 40, 40 mile yeah, trail. It's 40 miles. It's a, and it's graded other than wow. that, other than that drop from Rendezvous Mountain where the tram drops you off. Other than that drop, it was graded very nicely. Average grade is 8%. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the third day we headed up to Hurricane Pass and there was a, a uh, part of the trail was called the Sheep Steps, and that was graded. I imagine like how some of the PCT is in the Sierras. It was just golden staircase. consistent, yeah. yeah, consistent grade. Very short, tight switchbacks, but uh, hmm. it was just beautiful trail, beautiful scenery. Uh, the one thing that I didn't know about the Tetons, uh, 
I knew that the, the, the Grand and Mount Moran are on the Teton Fault, and they're primarily granitic rock, and we took the tram up, and they said that Rendezvous Mountain was all dolomite, and then I've never seen so much dolomite in my life. There really? was just uh, along Death Canyon Shelf, there was probably like a 500-foot cliff of, of uh, dolomite right above the campsite. Wow. Wow. That's, That's pretty so cool. That, really cool. Now, uh, did you see any bears after all of the warnings or any, any other wildlife you can speak to? We had we saw uh, bighorn sheep on the mm. second day, and that was at Marion Lake. And the, the Marion Lake story was we we wanted to stop for water. There's all these nice little streams along the way, and we had the bag collection systems for, to filter and uh, again, the FKT guy was uh, saying, "No, no, you'll slow us down. We'll get water at Marion Lake." So we get to Marion Lake, and uh, it's a beautiful lake. But you come up to the shore and you want to dip your your bag in there, and it's like a petri dish. Ooh, There's like everything yeah. <laughs> everything under the sun is swimming around in there. Yeah. And we were trying to find a, a, a better location for clearer water, and we kind of walked through a muddy patch, and we did see a bear print there, bear paw print. Yeah. For a black bear, uh, didn't see the bear, and then on the third day, as uh, we we're heading towards our campsite, we're about a hundred feet from uh, the South Fork Cascade Canyon group site, and there was a big pile of of uh, bear, bear scat, scat on yeah. the trail, and that bear had a sense of humor because when we went up to the food locker. He had done his business on top of the food locker, too. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. So he he was probably trying to get into that food locker. He was locker. trying to get yeah. into that food locker. And, and he <laughs> himself. Yeah, and, and he, he was, yeah. like, <laughs> pulling really hard, exerting. On, he's like, oh, and now this is happening. Well, I, I imagine the one on top of the the bear locker was, like, marking the territory for other yeah. bears to be like, be like listen. I'm coming back. I'm going to figure this box out. out. Don't any of you guys try to get into my box here, okay? And and we may have seen him the next day. Uh, uh, The way the the campsite was set up, uh, the facilities were kind of off to this wooded area, kind of on the west side of the campsite, and there was a a nice little pad on the east side with wooden logs as benches where the food locker was, and we're all eating breakfast. And the place where everybody was doing their business, this black bear comes out. And just walks up the hill, and he's probably 50 yards away from us, and oblivious that we were there for a while. But he was kind of, he found like a patch of berries or something that he was grubbing out of the ground. And he'd kind of look back at us, and we're kind of ready to run, ready to to pack things up and get out of there. And he just kind of looked at us, went back to eating. We went back to eating. That was it. It was like breakfast with a bear. So you did see a bear. I like it. One black bear. Well, at least you saw him during the day, because... I found that like bear encounters at night, they're not really fun. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> that was well, the thing. Yeah. You know, it's they're also like a different like hunting situation. Yeah, like, the bears are are doing different things at night. If yeah, they're, if they're around you at night, it's much Plus more you're, scary. At yeah. night, you're in most cases you're thinking about staying put, right? Well, so you'd like that, to stay put, yeah, but sometimes you can't. Right. Sometimes you have to no, pack up and I'm leave. Saying, it like, yeah. there at night, you're like, I have occasion. Oh. I, I have too, and it's no bueno. No. Yeah, and when you're like packing up, you're like, huh? what? yeah, oh huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. We had no no uh, wildlife issues uh, at night. Okay. Uh, well, tell me this. So you were just talking about how your buddy, the day the permits came open, eight a.m. He was on the computer. Boom. So what happens? Like, okay, today's January eighteenth. 
what if what if I missed that opening day window? What if I want to go hike the TCT in August? Am, am I just out of luck for 2020, or is there a way to do it? I, I believe a third of the permits can be reserved ahead of time, and the, and the rest of them are you just show up and, and ah, roll the dice. Okay. Is that what yeah, you did in AAA? Yeah. When, when, when I hiked it a couple of years ago, we just showed up because I'm not very good at planning. And, you know, you have to be a little bit flexible about where you're going to camp. You might get the perfect site you want every night. Okay. But as long as you're a little flexible, you should be okay. Now, it sounds like some of the trails outside of the national park. It, it does alternate between the, the Jedediah Smith Wilderness and the national park. And it was okay. pretty much every pass we went over, there would be a sign huh. for yeah. one or the okay. other. Now, I get that you're going to need a designated spot to camp within the national park because that's, that's the way the rules go. What about in the wilderness area? Do you, do you still have to camp in a designated spot or... Uh, my understanding was that uh, the National Park Service, all the, the camping spots were within the National Park, and that's where uh, you need to camp. I think on the south approach, I'm not sure if there was a permit required, but it seemed like they were a little more lenient there for camping. Okay. Yeah, my, under- yeah, my understanding, obviously in the National Park, you need a permit from the National Park. The other side, you, you I don't think you need a permit, hmm. um, but don't take my word for it. Look it up, but or it might be much easier to get. Um, it'd be very difficult to do it without camping in the national park at least one night, because I think especially at the end, you're in the national park for a significant amount of time. Did you guys have like a favorite campsite? Uh, I'd say the favorite campsite we had was the death, death Canyon shelf campsite. Uh, That was just amazing. And we actually had, uh, that sounds like the gnarliest or the coolest campsite. It it was the coolest campsite. And, uh, we had dinner actually on the edge of the the canyon looking in and we're watching uh bull moose grazing in the meadow below us and really it's this nice u-shaped glacial valley and it's just with the weather being so clear it was just amazing to watch the wildlife from up there and Hmm. and it felt like you know we had our own real life movie that we were watching Yeah. yeah besides the uh the um the toilet paper in the first campsite did you see other evidence of um disgusting human behavior that that was the only evidence okay. of the disgusting human behavior all the rest of the campsites were tidy were clean with ex- the exception of the uh south cascade with the disgusting bear behavior right <laughs> but that's okay that, that's a little different yeah. But yeah, bear, I mean, bear at least you guys like left a trail of diarrhea the whole it's way it's true yeah that's yeah that that was hilarious are there, uh, are there toilets at the campsites there, there are not. That Why was the, was the one guy thing. so anxious to get to the campsite then? I, I, I have no idea, but like it, it was. Uh, uh, we, we would hear. Once we gained Hurricane Pass, uh, the goal was to hit Hurricane Pass at noon. I was the last one up at eleven thirty-seven. We hung out there for probably an hour. Uh, we got below the pass into a beautiful meadow right below uh, Schoolroom Glacier, and had lunch there. And. Um, about a half hour after lunch, we were told to pick up the pace because he had to go. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, I mean, if there's not a toilet at the campsite, I don't understand. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it You're was using basically... entirely too much logic in this POD. Okay. Yeah. yeah, come on. Yeah, and, and it was one of those things, that, you know, we all carried bear spray, okay. so we were all ready for for action, but we, we didn't even see evidence of grizzly bears. No claw marks, no... And that is, I mean, if, I guess the winds. Well, he are, could probably smell the diarrhea guy. Yeah, that's too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going there. I mean, no. that might have been why there were no bears. He could, yeah. he could smell the gun. <laughs> that's why there weren't any bears. Yeah, like the like that guy. That'd be fifty dollars, please. <laughs> did, uh, did you have a celebratory 
beer when you finished the hike? Uh, we did. We found a place in Jackson and had a celebratory beer and lunch and group photo taken there. We oh, had the cool. before photo. We had the Sunset Lake photo because there was probably like 50 other people there to take that photo. And yeah. 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 That was now, the only the only crowded part. I'm, okay. I'm eyes dropping onto your sheet over there that you came prepared with, which is amazing. And I noticed that the low light section is twice as long as the yeah let's, let's go section. through that yeah What's so that? so uh is that from the website from the website he says low lights are a competitive permit process we got lucky with that uh can be susceptible to quickly changing weather again oh, we, well, got, that, we got we got lucky that's the I mean, rocky mountain west yeah, yeah. The, we we got lucky with that seasonal bugs and snow oh come on and i will say this we had friends do the trail in 2018 they did it the last week of july their experience was much different than ours. They had a lot of lightning issues, sure. uh, snow. They were required to carry an ice axe. Uh, we went again August 19th and uh, August 6th. The National Park Service uh, relaxed the, the ice axe. Uh, uh, that was a requirement. It was a mandatory. But I wouldn't say that these things are all low lights. I feel like these are just is part it? and parcel. Of yeah, it says one of the low lights is campfires prohibited. <laughs> Uh, it says some years, mostly wet ones, the flies are vicious and the flies were vicious, but they're horse flies and they're not, they're not that fast. So they're easy to shoo away. Yeah. I bet somebody who had a vicious experience with the flies would say otherwise. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it would say, be... how would you say that to me? The flies were so bad when I was there at the end of July. Well, oh. we're along sleeves. We had, you know, we, we'd yeah. stop and there'd be like one or two buzzing around and that was mm-hmm. it says in late August, many streams dry up, making water options a bit sketchier. And again, we did not have any problems. All the streams were running pretty well. Uh, it says a few spots require stream fording. Uh, we, there were stepping stones pretty much everywhere. And it says you'll hike 31 miles before you gain the highest elevation. But that also means fast and furious descent over the last eight miles, which... You could take the tram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that was we took the tram up and had the fast and furious yeah. descent on the way down. What about bear canisters? Are you required to carry them? Uh, Grand Teton National Park uh, was ursac. They, yes. They, they, awesome. They allowed yes. the ursac. We were carrying ursacs just in case we ran into some sure. grizzlies while we were hiking, and we never saw any bears while we were hiking. Uh, the great thing the about those ursacs, too, is if they try to take them from you, you just beat them over the head with it. It deters most bears. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and we all we all did that defense class. Where yeah, <laughs> nice. That was part of that training that you got before. You the, the training, I remember yeah. when we did our training in in uh, Glacier. They were one of the things they said was to throw a non food item towards the bear, which seems like terrible advice now, but. Like that was in the video. Partner? No, and, and, uh, <laughs> one of the people in our group was like, "Does a baby count? Can we throw a baby?" <laughs> Do you remember baby. that? Yeah, if it's tasty enough. They I mean. weren't really into joking around. No, I, I remember too. But, they, they, there was no laughter. But, but from But throwing the a non-food item at a bear does not seem like a good idea either. Yeah, people. I don't know. Anyway, it's pretty routine. The, yeah. the last so, when we were there too, um, when we got the permits, you could rent. Or I don't even know if they you need to pay for it, but they would have a, they had bear canisters available. And for the, the bear canisters are available yeah. for rent at no cost for the uh, folks who are out of the group campsites, mm-hmm. and that's where where some type of uh, bear protection is required for the food. Okay, but the highlights I mean it's the Tetons. It's an iconic mountain range. Sure, and just the views were every view was stunning and. All of us had cell phones, and none of the cell phones did justice to what we were seeing. Of course, yeah, that's cool. I've never done any hiking in the Tetons. 
Uh, at Triple O, you've done this hike. Yeah. I've been up beautiful. Death Canyon. Really? Yeah, yeah. Back in 1998, I took a road trip across the country, and I was up in the Tetons, and I went up. I think I did a day hike, maybe a loop. I was looking at the map, and I think I might have hmm. did the Death Canyon loop. Uh, in 2007, I was up there, and we hiked to Phelps Lake, and you go to the mouth of Death Canyon up a moraine and then hiked back down into where the where the lake is. And, and that was another one where we were told uh, to be vigilant for bears. And I remember those were the days of the iPod and we're kind of, we're kind of sitting off the trail and here come four hikers all with their bear spray and all with their iPods on. And we're saying, Hey, how's it going? And they they, didn't hear they were oblivious to us. So there's no way they'd hear a bear. I could have sat there in a grizzly bear suit and they would not have seen me. You should have, you should have (laughs) snuck around and tackled one of them and just completely, (laughs) completely given them a, by the way, a friend of mine, little side story here. I was at an ATM one day at Clemson when I was a college student and it was getting dark and, I just put my card in and I got tackled to the ground from an unknown person that came up behind me. And I thought I, I, I almost had a heart attack and I thought I was going to die. And I, and it was a guy I knew and he was laughing. <laughs> and just think, Gumi, if you had tackled that young kid with his iPod, in your bear suit, yeah, <laughs> he would he would be talking about you twenty. Well, years Well, the other thing that. is that he probably would have stopped using his iPod. Yeah. Oh, if someone that would have taught him. This was this <laughs> was back in September two thousand seven, and yeah, and and that hike we also finished with a celebratory beer, <laughs> or at least and, I did. Uh, you, got to, you got to right. If someone tackles me on a trail and I have bear spray, they're getting sprayed. They're getting exactly, sprayed. Yeah, especially even if, if I realize they're not yeah. a bear. Dude, especially if you're wearing that. a bear suit, you're like on the trail. You're hiding off the side of the trail in your bear suit, oh, looking man. to tackle a random hiker. Yeah, you're gonna and, get the, and then the, the guy from the Colorado Trail yeah. shows up with his three fifty seven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then I can. Oh, yeah, oh. see, I, I think it's a fire. up in the <laughs> Next thing yeah. you know, we'll be talking about you on trail news. <laughs> only, only the people with the Bluetooth speakers blasting should be tackled by the bear suit. By the way, did you encounter any of the Bluetooth speaker people? Uh, we did not. Okay, uh, so that was good. good. I, I encounter them a lot on the on the day on the hikes that I do, and, and most of them have their volume. You could hear them about. <laughs> you can hear them about. Uh, you know, five or six feet away, and then as 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 soon okay. as you say hi to them, it it just fades out. Okay. Uh, we did have a hike up to uh, Denver Mountain Park to nice sunset hike, great vibe, beautiful sunset, and we we're like, okay, we want to make it down before it gets dark, and we started hearing this weird sound, and here come a bunch of uh, college age kids, and there's this guy has giant speakers coming out of his backpack. Almost like a boombox cranking gangster rap, <laughs> and they had wine with them and all this. And Damn millennials! But, but you're thinking rap and wine. These kids, yeah, are they, this is white kids from CU Boulder. White, yeah, it was. My, but it was like, uh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna uh, score with the ladies by taking them on a sunset oh hike and play romantic gangster rap. <laughs> but but they had the wine. And but they had the wine. And bring a Franzia. Yeah, they had. The, that's what they had. <laughs> a Franzia box, and uh, that's that's when I wish I could just fart on cue. i thought you could no okay um seems like i can doesn't it but no is there anything else about (laughs) the teton crest trail frequent but not on we should know just for our what our experience was that the whole thing we had a one of the gentlemen with us was uh he's french canadian and we seemed to encounter a fair amount of french people on the trail and just with the name tetons it was like the 
the whole theme of the hike ah. was that everything was French about it. Okay. That was that was just our experience. French uh, fries. Yeah. French fries. French and, and, dressing. And we did have that for our celebratory lunch afterwards. Did you oh, see God. Dick Cheney while you were in Jackson? Uh, I saw <laughs> there was uh, the banker convention was going on, that World Banker <laughs> oh, Convention. Oh, wow. That's, that's oh. amazing. Yeah. Okay. And Good so timing. We're, uh, we're kind of bumming around town after lunch, and there was a guy in a business suit and a cowboy hat that looked like uh, sure. like the former secretary of the interior and he kind of had that uh constipated yeah. look about him and he would have uh, told you if it was him he would have walked up and he would have said hi i'm ryan zinke yeah he was and just, then he would have looked at you and he would have said i'm ryan zinke well he was just walking down the sidewalk just looking at everybody like we should acknowledge him and, and maybe I'm like, it was oh, ryan zinke, like, yeah. yeah and i thought well that guy kind of looks like zinke and hmm. but that, that was the only uh yeah celebrity encounter that <laughs> Possible celebrity. possible celebrity encounter. Cool. Nice. Well, thanks so much for talking to us about the TCT. I don't know. I, it might be in our somewhat near future. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It's uh, a great like if you have a week off of work. Maybe kind of we hike. could do oh, a trail do show whole, hike. I, I would say, thing, and it's a fabulous hike. I would say it's a great hike for if somebody's a through hiker and they're significant other isn't okay where you can give him like he's talking to me right now because it's exactly <laughs> the situation that okay. I was in and I, that's like to, to me that was like the disneyland of hikes you had like yeah. everything you had the element of adventure with uh paintbrush divide you had the 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 bear element and all this but the the wildflowers and just the tetons themselves made everything just so worth oh, cool. it very cool Let's move into the PCT permit discussion, PUD. We were just talking about okay. permits with gummy. I'm going to give the Reader's Digest version because yeah. I actually think and, it's kind of boring. And here's the thing. Let's refer to our to our friend that this story centers around as the Danish bear and okay. not by his real name. Because the Danish bear. We don't want to get him in trouble with the people that give out the permits. Okay, well, everybody... Damn it, Dilo. Everybody was doing <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> hey, I need some beer too, Dilo. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> This is the craziest thing I've seen since I was trying to get tickets to go see Molly Madonna. Hatchet back oh. in uh, 83. At, at I don't, I'm making stuff up. I don't know. Anyway, it, it's so insane. the PCT permit process. I really, Special tried to explain it to us once on the show. I didn't really pay attention because it didn't affect me. Well, I still don't understand what But we have a happened. friend who is known as the Danish Bear. And he uh, went through the permit process. And so they released all the permits on a specific date. Not all the permits. I'm sorry. A they, portion. They re- released a portion of the permits on a specific date. And whatever that portion is, whatever the number is daily, if it's 50 or 100, whatever, they released all but 15 permits. Okay? So people all logged on at a certain time, and they have this online waiting room. So you sign in, and you just hang out in the waiting room. And then at the exact time, 830 a computer assigns every single person who's in the waiting yeah, room. I'm already so confused. I don't think anyone else is. I, I think you're the only one who's confused. Did you follow that? Yeah. Everyone who's logged in Dude, gets I'm in randomly the assigned a number. Dude, I'm in the waiting Thank room. Wait, I got wait, my wait, number. Wait, wait. Are we problem? talking about the first login day or the second login no, the day? Second, when it's they're both, about they're to the open. Same. They're the same. Both of them are the same. But you, the, it's two different days. Yes, but you're assigned a, yeah, a random like number both days. two events. Yeah. But, but he originally got like a Let me finish. Okay, sorry. Can I talk? Then you can ask questions. Can I talk? So anyway, he went to the first date, and he got assigned the release date, and he got assigned a start date in March, which is crazy. And so we tried to scare him for a month and be like, you're going to die. And so then 
the second date was this past Tuesday, whatever that day was, and they released the other, the rest of the 15 per day for the dates that are available. So you could go back to the website and wait in this waiting room, and then um, you could either, if you were for, hadn't applied for a permit yet, you can apply for a permit, or if you already had one, you could try to change your date. You could basically upgrade to the date that you wanted, okay? So... The deal is you don't, there's no advantage to getting on there 24 hours ahead of time versus one minute ahead of time, which I think is great, right? It just encourages, you know, a lottery system. So he told us that he was going to be doing this and it happened to be during my planning time at school and I have Chromebooks in my room. So I had nine devices open in my room so that I could help him get a better number in line. And he had a couple in his house and then his dad also had a couple. So then when it happened right at 1030, they assigned every single person a random number. And uh, his dad had number 450 and then mine was the next lowest, which was 750. So um, we were messaging and he said, you know, my dad has 450. I'm going to make sure that goes. So, so save your place in line. So all the other numbers I you can choose get out of line and it exits you. And that's happening a ton, right? Um and it's not necessarily mean like that there's actually 700 people in front of me because everyone's like trying to get on with multiple devices, right? So they can get a better number. So when I started, it was like your wait time is one hour. And then 15 minutes later, it's like your wait time is three minutes. So, you know, all kinds of people are bailing because they have multiple devices. But his dad ended up getting getting through with his number. And so he was able to change his um, his permit date. So that's how it's going i guess now so now he does not have a march date he has april it's still a couple of weeks earlier than what i would desire but you know he's coming from another country maybe he wants to you know does do some that, other stuff with, with that march date could you just start in march and then just really take your time yep. yeah you okay. can even start in march yeah and like get off trail for two you can weeks. hike to yeah. lake marina and yeah. then get off trail as yeah. long as you get on and off before you get to the sierra you oh, okay yeah. yeah so it's not really the end of the world it just no. might especially if you're if you've got a lot of time, right. you just might have to kill some time. You know? Exactly. So anyway, that's, that was the, my permit experience. I didn't know anything about it, it really, but it, and I thought I'd help them out. free. It's free, yeah. But there's so many people that want to do it. There, Spesh, you know. what do you think about this? I know uh, you, I know you know, you... I, have, I have a lot of mixed thoughts on the permit process. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that it's probably important to meter the number of people that are beginning at the monument on any one day. I think that certainly makes sense. I think that when you start assigning permits to people in March, uh, that, I mean, the natural window for hiking in the PCT does not start in March, right? It's not a sensible time no. from like a, logistical a safety standpoint yeah right. like to or enjoyment standpoint yeah to to start your hike so you know people being forced into a situation where they're hiking at maybe a time that's not as safe and not as enjoyable and yeah i don't know it's Man. it's it's a tough thing to balance i don't envy the fact that the pcta has to figure out some way to issue permits try to you know, keep Forest Service happy, mm-hmm. try to protect the resource um, and balance all of that. And it's difficult. And I know that they've each year, I, I'm sure there are a lot of conversations that they have that are, 
heated, not fun conversations. But I think um, I, I think don't I don't think that we should. I don't know. It. I don't. I don't think it's a good idea to go back to the to the way where you've got like three hundred people trying no. to start it on the same day. It and doesn't I make think, any sense. Yeah. I also think this is the reality. Just like yeah. when the Softleys stopped being trail angels and everyone was like, what are people going to do? I'm like, they're going to figure it out. Yeah. So I think this is the reality that's part of the PCT experience right now. Start when you have to start and then take some time off. Or you know what you can do? You can go southbound. And then you don't even well, have yep. to worry There's, about a permit. There, oh, there are no, still permit. You have to there are still permit, permit oh, limitations. Well, there you go. Yeah, but the, it's not as fierce of a competition. Yeah. yeah, and there's not going to be as many people trying to go after them. So you're, you're. I mean, you're probably more likely to get something closer to your desired start. Or don't date. start at Lake Marina. Or hike the CDT. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess there's other trails. Um, I would say this. I think you should have to log in with the name before you actually get in line. Because it's not fair for someone who has access to 30 computers right. to have a better chance than someone yeah, who has access to one. If you're going to do yeah. that, you might as well just sell the permits at an auction. Yeah, I mean, because that's the mm. thing. Once you have a, once you have like some system in place to be able to assign these permits like that, then you get exactly what you guys are doing. You get people right. g- gaming the system. And so is, is it well, fair for somebody... Well, and the thing somebody... is, is like one of my computers said... Your number in line is like fourteen thousand something. I was like, okay, <laughs> there's not fourteen thousand people online right now. Right? Like, uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. But you know what? They've created a system that's going to get gamed because it's well, any, kind of an any system, system that they any system they, they create will get gamed. Yeah. I mean, like you, you don't want to you don't want to have to deal with. I mean, like I know. For a while, you could uh, you could get a through permit that was for anything that was 500 miles or more, right? Well, it was a really easy one to game. Just start your thing at like Lake Morena or Idlewild or something like that, and then until you get to wherever your permit started, you were just day hiking, you know. And, yeah. and so, I mean, there's there's always going to be a way to game the system. Uh, Dilo, what year did my you take hike is go figure it out? Yeah. Figure it out. 2002. Yeah, go southbound is How many actually, people hiked advice. the PCT in 2002? I don't know the exact number, but I started at the kickoff and there were hundreds of people there. So I hiked in 2004 and what I was told is that 300 people total hiked the PCT that year. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, in 2006 the there were uh, there were less than 400 permits issued. I think it was something in the neighborhood of 350. Yeah. Is what I I, I applied recall. for a permit <laughs> online. There was no. It didn't matter when I started. Yeah. I just got yeah. one. Oh, who cares? Yeah. So no, I don't know. You care if you have to have 30 yeah. computers know, but, set up but, to get but, an but early like, April Trying to start cherish date. the past does not help. I'm not the trying situation. to cherish the past. I'm not he talking to me. you. I'm I, not talking to you. He asked me what I mean, it was like, and I was telling him. This is, Tell them that all was happening here. This is how <laughs> great natural places just are. There's a bigger demand than yeah, there's a supply. Exactly. Look at the Grand Canyon. If you want to, if you want to raft the Grand Canyon, those permits are incredibly hard to get. Yeah, and that's just yep. the Look, way it is. If, if you want to figure it if out, you want to yeah. blame any one thing, D-Lo. Cheryl Strait, Instagram, D-Lo. Yeah, the gram. Blame the Instagram. The hater, I don't, the hater I don't told think, us that. I, I think trying to blame someone is a waste of time. No, I yeah. think if you want to do the good. PCT, it makes you feel accept good. Accept the system is the way it is and figure out how to make it work. And but it also it highlights the kind of what we were talking about earlier, which is the need to protect public yes, lands. Make totally. more of these trails. If there's, you know, you have the PCT, you have the CDT. If there's, you know, eventually this is going to happen in the CDT. Why don't one of you sissies go try to 10, hike the 14 years. years again? We all want to protect the public <laughs> lands until protecting the public man lands means that we can't get on them. That's right. There it is. 
Can we move on? Dilo just wants to be able to through ride the PCT on his mountain Can we move that on? That was so hard. <laughs> Can we move on? All right. I right. tell you what. Let's go to the hotline, and then we're going to take a break. All right. Uh, Sounds good. Triple maybe we'll up. wrap up the All show. Right. Sounds like a plan. This yeah, is maybe. a very not. <laughs> critical <laughs> trail show hotline from a longtime listener. Oh. What? This is Craig Pisco Gully. Oh. Longtime caller, first-time listener. <laughs> you won't believe what happened to me. I was out hiking under a full moon, and... (laughs) And that's when the aliens let me go. Um, <laughs> what? We just got Rick, Rick we just got Rickrolled, Rick dude. We just Thanks, got Rickrolled. Yeah, you know what a Rickroll is, right? It's I do like now. The oldest meme on the internet. Wow, yeah, it's like Pisco. the first one. It's the first one, and still a fun one to well, do when you can. I thought we were friends. I'm, I'm sorry that Disco didn't, but this Disco, you will understand this call because this is a very important call that I think you can relate to. All right, let's go to the hotline. Yeah, right. A couple of months ago, me and my mates was out on a camping trip, had a couple of days off there, and uh, we picked a nice little camping spot. We had some nice Mexican weed that we had procured, <laughs> and lo and behold, the, the guy next to us, I don't know what his deal was, but he started playing this damn cricket song all night long, and <laughs> it, it, it affected my inner ear. <laughs> and me and my mate, oh, we man. ended up puking the next morning because we were so dizzy. Awesome. We could not stand up. We had our bottle of Foster's, the big old oil cans, you know the ones we're talking about, and we were puking. <laughs> it ruined our trip. Thanks, America. <laughs> What is happening? Wait, this is show call on Friday? Well, well okay. <laughs> okay yeah, right. A couple of months. Okay, that's amazing. That's a callback to a story I told on a previous trail show about camping at a BLM campground and thinking I had, like, you know, I didn't have anybody oh, within, like, three yeah, or four sites like, of me. And then, about that. and then these guys rolled in at, like, you know, 10 p.m., and immediately started a huge bonfire, and they started drinking beer. And I had to like, I had to, I had the cricket sound effect on my phone, <laughs> and so I just, I turned it up real loud and put the phone by my ear so I could go to sleep because they were so loud. And then at 5 a.m., when everything was quiet, I, I heard this noise, um, right beside my head, and it, it sounded like this. And, and apparently, <laughs> the person that just called in—that's great—was actually the guy that threw up. I mean, what are the odds of that? Small world. Oh my god! I mean, well, it was—it well, uh, was unreal. Uh, had this Mexican weed, Mexican, Mexican weed, and his, you know, oh, his oil can. I, I never thought I'd see or hear from that guy again, and uh, he yeah. called the trail show. Wow! It if anybody a- knows about Mexican weed, it's that guy that called. <laughs> I can tell you for sure. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. Man. Okay. Where were we? A break. 
We're going to break. When we come back, we got the breakdown, shakedown, We got donors. We got Ask a Hiker with D-Lo. And we have a special gear review this night. So don't go anywhere. That's right. Okay, bye. show less gear more beer the trail show is back and we've got a trail tip from Gumi. so when planning your hikes uh and <laughs> if you have a favorite post hike destination uh make sure that you work around their schedule on days that uh, they're not overly slammed with business i've started scheduling hikes uh around my favorite place in kitridge uh, to be monday or tuesday evenings outside of the weekend because the place is closed now Wednesdays and Thursdays, oh. and Fridays they are slammed with a live music crowd. Really? Uh-huh. Actually, uh, uh, former U.S. presidential candidate Gary Hart from Kittridge, Colorado. And Kittridge is a tiny place. Hmm. Where, where is Kittridge? It's between Evergreen and Morrison hmm. along that windy road. Well, it's in beautiful Bear Creek Canyon. Yeah. While, while we're talking about um, small places in Colorado, Disco, did you know that dog, the bounty hunter, lives in Pine, <clears throat> I, Colorado? What? Currently? Yeah. I, I know he's from originally yeah. from Colorado. I didn't know he lived in Pine. He's living in Pine, yeah, Colorado. He's he from the Denver area originally. Yeah. yeah. I yes, mean, he, he had a bail bond shop. Uh, um, oh. What's uh, Sloan's Lake? What's that little community? Edgewater. Edgewater, yeah. Hmm. He had a bell bond shop in Edgewater before the Hawaii stuff. I did not know he yep. currently lived in yeah. Pine. So if you go out to Pine you, and you kinda, you're out there on a warm summer's afternoon, you might just see him fishing. I uh, when oh I when I lived in gosh. when I lived in Honolulu, I was uh, in the like court building one day paying a traffic ticket. <laughs> Did you see dog? I didn't see dog, but I saw one of his uh, like one of his Sons. crew or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. I was like, oh, look at that. There he is. There's, there's dog's posse. All right, uh, I'm a second chance kind of guy. Yep. <laughs> hey, uh, pray with me. And that was our trail pray with tip. me. And that was our trail tip. Yep. Okay, let me uh, let me take us out. <laughs> Quick shout out to uh, Peanut and Piglet. Oh yeah, we just saw a photo. Yeah, yeah. very cute. You so did cute. good, best sweats. You did. Good. Not sure if they're yours, but you did good. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Wow. Come on, this was a joke. Wow. All hate mail can be hey, sent uh, too. What do you guys? What do you guys think about doing our uh, ten steak review? Let's do it. Uh, our right. gear review. Yeah. Don't yeah. we have music for that? Slip a little. Yeah. Isn't that something we do at the end? It, you, normally it is, but uh, it looks like we're going a little. Live a little. Are we Skyping no. this gentleman? He's calling us. No. Uh, no, I don't want to. Out of order. Out of order. <laughs> Should I bring up the uh, Trail Show hotline? Uh, no, we're out no. of calls. No. No, the show. other Trail Show hotline. Yes. Yeah, okay. he's calling us. So uh, <clears throat> to continue our work on... Oh, 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 oh. Oh, there we go. Good evening. This is the Trail Show. Hello. Is this Mark Weatherington Jr. Esquire the third principal? Correct. Okay. Dutch. Mark, we're glad to have you on the show tonight. In the room, we have Gummy Bear, POD, Special 41, 
D'Lo, out of order, and myself. This is Disco. How are you doing this evening? Doing excellent. Good, man. What beer are you drinking tonight? I have just finished drinking a uh, Phillipsburg Brewing Montana Wine IPA. Montana Ooh. Wine? Hmm. Montana Wine. Oh, okay. I was like, what? Montana, Montana Wine IPA. Montana Highway. Okay. Ah, right, right. Very nice. Sounds so, delicious. It does. So, Mark Weatherington Jr., the third Esquire, has donated to the show on several Trail occasions. Trail Show VIP. Trail Show VIP. Uh, and it just so happens he and I were messaging the other day, and it turns out he's actually has a published tent steak review. What? What? Published. Ooh, that's spe- more. That's more. coming for you. He's coming for your job special. Well, you know, uh, I'm supposed to actually do a tent steak article for Treeline. Oh, hey now. maybe you could just plagiarize oh Mark Weatherington. Anyway. <laughs> I uh, mean, who's going to be plagiarizing who, okay? Who's been doing tent steak reviews <laughs> since the beginning of time? It's this guy right here, okay? All right? It's this guy. So, uh, so Mark, um, tell us about the tent steak that you reviewed. It was an interesting-looking tent steak. I'd never seen it before because I actually looked at it. Yes. So it was the Nemo Air Pen. And it Everybody was pull a that up on your steak. phone. Nemo Air Pen. Yeah. Hold on. We're all... Uh, so pa- pause game. Follow along as no, no. As go ahead, Mark. Please. Nemo okay. Air. Yeah, yeah. So the Nemo Air Pen, which has a self-locking notch that you know kind of saves you the trouble of tying a taut line hitch or using a line lock or any other type of uh, tensioning device. So it is a <clears throat> innovative tent stake, which I reviewed for BackpackingLight.com, <clears throat> and. It was kind of a solution in search of a problem. Uh, yeah, yeah, so are these made out of plastic? <laughs> oh, it's tiny. And we're looking at a photo of it right now, Mark. Yeah, what? it's made out of premium 7075 aluminum. It's it's that uh, high-quality aircraft aluminum. So. Huh. It so kind of looks like the thing that some women put in their hair to hold it up on the top of their head. Men do it, too. Never oh, yeah. been to California. Yeah, that might that. Yeah, that might be multiple use. You <laughs> so, <could be> correct. <laughs> I think it could. So, uh, how how did you like it? Uh, you know, it it worked okay. It was it kept the tent staked, and it was light. How light? Um, <clears throat> I feel like your review wasn't all that favorable because I read it. How light? Yeah. So it is ten grams. Point three five ounces. Yeah, ten grams. Yeah. So so three of these things yeah. is roughly just over an ounce. Yeah, that's that's correct. How long so, is it? It's really small. I mean, is it? Yeah. Six inches. Well, <laughs> that's yeah. That's it. We have a picture yeah. here on the the, uh, uh, the internet that shows it next to yeah. a uh, average male hand. Hmm. It looks yeah, so. I'm, I'm curious if you did so, much hammering so on this thing. Though. Well, so the, that's deceptive because the effective length is only four and a half inches, which is 11.43 centimeters hmm. for those of us on the metric system. So that's you know, you know, I, I so did, did you did you do any hammering on these things like into any kind of tough soil, like gravelly soil or something that would require actually like whacking it with a rock? 
Yeah, I hit them with some rocks. Yeah, they they were hit with rocks and they survived. They went in the ground. They came back out, and yeah, they're was there any bend- ready for some? Was there any bending? Was there any malformed neo air pins when you removed them from the ground after striking them? No, with rocks? super rigid the whole time. Wow. Yeah, they were very very what, good tent stakes. What, what if you hit him with a bigger rock? <laughs> what if you hit him with a sledgehammer? Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I usually carry a sledgehammer when I put in my ultralight tent stakes. Because I want them to go in the ground really, really well, you know? Naturally. So do you think, Mark Weatherington, that these would you know, stand up to a sledgehammer, or is that maybe pushing it? I think they could do it. Wow. 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 So yeah. it's interesting. Like What I'm hearing from you is that this is a pretty darn good tent stake, but your tone of voice does not convey that it's a pretty darn good tent stake. Mark, are you torn as to how you feel about this tent stake? Yes, I have conflicted feelings. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and granted, I, I went to the trail show University of Tent Stakes. Everything I know about tent stakes, I learned from you guys. So All right. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, not to flip it around, but it's, kind of more of a reflection on you all than it is on me ah. what i've learned about these 10 stakes that's interesting so yeah i'm not trying to pass the buck but it's but i mean i, I want know, a definitive I, and that's why i felt compelled to donate because okay you know i got uh you know a small honorarium for writing this thorough review two grand which i felt compelled to pass along to you guys because yeah. you know without you i would still think that you know Whatever comes in the bag with the tent that you buy is the tent stake to use. But right. you all compelled me to search out for the most highest quality of tent stakes, and I've taken that very seriously. Let me ask you a question. Now that you have tested the Nemo airpin, will you switch out the Nemo for tent stakes that you currently use? Not entirely. I would probably just use this for the kind of Superfluous guy lines okay. for the tent. That's a, the that's main a good ones. Answer. I just stick with whatever. Um, okay. You know, it's it, it, it holds it in the ground, but you know they're kind of pricey to be honest. I mean, for yeah. it's you know, like ten bucks for a set of two, Ooh. or eighteen ninety five for a set of four, which you know translated to you know rural Montana IPAs. That's like yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, they're asking for about. Pretty a steep exchange rate. Stake, which, yeah. yeah. Yes, it's it's not favorable, but hmm. well, you know, like, the thing that the thing that I kind of wonder looking at them is how much weight you would actually save because yeah, what this would be doing is removing the need for like a, a line tensioner that would be built into like the edge of your your shelter, right? So like, is that little tiny piece of plastic that, no. that is like your line no. lock? Is that really like more? That thing weighs nothing. You know, so like no, but it, it it's. I think it. One of the benefits is that you don't have to deal with putting it on and installing it. So this, if you don't have that, then my concern is the four and a half inch effective. Yeah, length. yeah, it's a little short. That just doesn't seem especially long in enough. like looser soils. D-Lo, <laughs> exactly. Would you if you're a little looser, about four and a half inches is not gonna. No, cut. I mean. <laughs> Delo from a, mean, la- a landscape. It might just slip right out. <laughs> right, it's not gonna hold. It's not gonna stay in there. Would you trust the Nemo Airpin to if, hold? Especially if like the soil starts to get wet. A railroad tie that's 
you know, created a sandbox for you. Which is inevitable. I, I do not think I would use the Nemo air pin for any sort of landscape application. No. Okay. No. I, you know, I would try one of these. But Flies out, things I'm, are flapping. I, I think, I think what you said game. earlier is actually sounds sounds about like what I would expect, which is that this is a a, a solution in search of a problem. Hmm. That's kind of how I feel That's about That's a great way to put it. Kudos there, for that. There's a lot of those out there. Yeah. Mark, where, where are you this evening? What part of, uh, you said Montana, right? Yeah, Hamilton, Montana. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And are you under yeah, a shelter that's being held up by Darby. these tent stakes? Wait, what'd you say about I'm an not. RV? You're in an oh, RV. It's north of Darby, south oh. of Missoula. Okay. Okay. North of Darby. That's it's the trail town from Chief, Chief Joseph, Joseph Pass that nobody goes to, but they should. Interesting. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. I heard yeah. you guys have a killer public library. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is that... We won a Montana Public Library Excellent Service Award Whoa. for 2018. What? Just think you yeah, doing that's, big things. That's yes. Mark, is there, is there a brewery in Hamilton? There too. Yeah, I was at Higher Ground until about an hour and a half ago. And then there's Bitterroot Brewing. So, yeah, there's two breweries. And there's actually a brewery in Darby, Bandit Brewing. Really? In Darby. Darby's a tiny town, yep. right? 700 people. Jeez. Yeah. Now, let me ask you another question. Besides, you know, securing your man bun, did you find any other uses for the Nemo air pen? You know, alternate uses for the tent stake. That one specifically. It looks like you could use it as a really good bottle opener. Hmm. But maybe it would break. I don't know. It's got those I, I didn't try that, but you, you perhaps could. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't want to discourage anyone from trying that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, it looks like it would stand up to being a bottle opener. Yeah, well, it's got those little, you know. Yeah, I think it would pr- probably work pretty well. Prongy edge things. Hmm. I feel like it might be good. Would it work with 1.2 mil spectra or 3 mil spectra? I'd say probably the 1.2. Oh. They didn't leave a whole lot of room in there. Yeah, it's it's okay. that ultralight mentality, man. Lighter is writer. So that's <laughs> kind of. So okay. not only is it not very long, with, um, it's not very girthy either. Huh. It's it's not, um, but Short, I, I'd say it's all in the motion with which it's inserted in the ground, which <laughs> is what they're going for. Um, so if your angle's pretty I'd, good, you can really work it. I, yeah, that's that was my experience. Yeah, that didn't make another review, but that was that was part of it. <laughs> it's all about the angle of that dangle. <laughs> all right, all right. We, okay. we, we've got yeah, a, I feel like this is the longest yeah. ten steak review no, we, that has ever happened. We got to cut this oh, short. Oh, I think this might wait, be wait, the wait, best wait, ten wait. steak review we've ever. Are had. We, it's, it's the most thorough. It's definitely Are we reviewing thorough. a ten steak right now? I didn't I realize. Thought so, um, or a bobby pin? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm confused. yeah, it's, it's, it's ten steak. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a, Do you have any um, other? Yeah. Any, anything? It's kind of a Rorschach test for whatever you want to read into it. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's how we're reviewing a massage device on Amazon. Piece of aluminum, <laughs> so you can do with that what you will. But yeah, with the whole line lock thing, I mean, for me, it's like I just leave taut line hitches in all my cordage off my shelters, pretty much, and so you hook it to whatever, tighten it up, and that's that. And then you have more time to, you know. Up on Instagram instead of you know fiddling with a line lock. So, <laughs> you know you can just. By the way, and... more time to sit around your blue jean campfire. Um, if Trail Show exactly. Nation was interested in following you on Instagram, where would they look? 
They'd have to look long and hard because uh, it, it's not out there. I've okay. kinda, uh, where? Oh. I, yeah, kind of, kind of. I'm kind of an ultralight digital presence. Oh, I so. like that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But your ten stake review was published in Backpacker Magazine. Is that correct? Backpacking light. Backpacking light. Backpacking light. Sorry. Yeah. How so, dare yeah. you, POD? I'm sorry. Read the show sheet. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Good grief. Okay. Mark, we appreciate your time this evening. Thank you so much for giving us a review of the Nemo Air Pen. And for the generous donation that, the, that you've done several times now. We appreciate that. And, yep, and You all are welcome in all regards. Thanks for what you guys do. Thanks, Mark. Thank awesome, you. Awesome, Mark. Have a good night. Yep, you too. Keep on keeping on. Bye. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Weatherington Third Jr. Esquire. Man, yeah. I, ten steak I, I review. You all are complaining review. about the length, uh, the girth of these steaks, but remember, you can get four of them for eighteen dollars. Wow! At REI, it's a lot of yeah. a lot of poking for your yeah. buck. <laughs> I mean, it's just as long as you can hammer them into the ground. That's all that, and they don't bend. I, I just think it's hilarious that like uh, that we still do the ten steak review, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that like people love it so much. Like I, I remember for a while there when we were doing the top iTunes top five, and like there was one time you read a few of them, and they were like all like ten steak reviews, yeah. awesome. Well, and at people the kick out and at the way. gathering a few years ago. You did your 14 or through hike, and it was time for questions. And Scavenger uh-huh. was there, and he was like, what kind of tent stakes <laughs> <Yeah>. did you <laughs> It was amazing. All right. Uh, We're going into mailbag, which is short and sweet this evening. Um, and I, if you don't mind, I'm going to read it because it was okay. actually a letter that came into me, and I partially answered it. But I think you all will be able to chime in with some more ideas. So um, Liz wrote in and said, hi, Trail Show. I am in the woof camping meetup group out of rochester new york we are women over 50 that tent camp may through september we have and i think wolf is an acronym that stands women over 50 for women over 50 how about that she says we have a book club in the winter can you recommend any books about women camping hiking etc we've already read Anne bestile bears in the backseat and women in hawaii do you have any other suggestions? Thank you, Liz. So I replied to her. <clears throat> I said, hi, Liz. Thanks for reaching out. Your wolf group sounds amazing. Uh, we can wholeheartedly recommend Thirst by Heather Anderson. We've heard great things about a field guide getting uh, a field guide to getting lost by Rebecca Solnit. Mm-hmm. And POD recommends Anything and Everything by Barbara Kingsolver, especially... The Poisonwood Bible, Animal Dreams, and Animal Vegetable Miracle. And then I said, hey, let us know if any books you all have read with Hiking Focus stand out. We might be able to include them on a future media review. So anyway, does anyone else have books, book ideas they could offer to Liz? For women, I would recommend Scraping Heaven. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's about, there's a couple that took five years to hike the entire Continental Divide Trail with llamas. And when they started, their youngest was in diapers. Um, and and when they finished, he was still in diapers. He was still in diapers. Same diapers. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they... Uh, <laughs> Cindy Ross is her name. Cindy Ross. Yep. And they... Um, it's really cool because they, you know, they spent five years doing this with their kids every summer. And their kids basically grew up every summer, spending their entire summer on the CDT, which is pretty... That's awesome. Pretty That's amazing. really cool. Yeah. Any other... Women centric hiking or camping books. Uh, there's recommend? there's one that I read. It's uh, it's 
sort of women centric. It's I promise not to suffer by Gail Story. Yeah. Uh, but uh, her experience on the PCT, but she was hiking the PCT with her husband and realized that uh, the nutritional, uh, the meals and everything, she was losing weight at such a fast pace, she wasn't able to continue. Wow. Okay. Um, Dilo, I know, has a, a oh, book I had, I you'd read like a, to recommend. I read a book by an author named Amy Irvine called Desert Cabal recently. Hmm. It's not so much about hiking, but it's about the... Uh, the desert southwest and she lived in bluff or blanding and she came from a jack mormon family okay so it's a it's a good 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 read about just kind of uh life in southeastern utah i've been told that's yeah. a nice companion piece to desert solitaire it might be yeah mm. Anyone else? And, and Desert Barbara, Solitaire is trash. Don't read it. And you know the Barbara King, Barbara King Solver. <laughs> Send all hate mail. <laughs> Barbara King Solver is not. She's not a hiking person, um, and her books are mostly f- fiction. Um, but her books all revolve around um, kind of women finding their own voices, and a- almost always there's some sort of connection with the outdoors. She's a biologist by by profession, by education, and she includes a lot of that in her work. And she's also the Poisonwood Bible takes place in the Congo, in which she she lived there for several years, so she has firsthand knowledge. But she uh, lots of her books have to do with the desert Southwest, animal dreams, and all that. And and they they kind of um, her books are very non preachy, but they all have a message. And she she does tackle some of the issues that we're still talking about to this day with regards to you know. Native Americans and, and public lands and things like that. So I, I do recommend her for that reason. I'd like to recommend Hiking Waterfalls, Southern California <laughs> by Liz Snorkel Thomas, <laughs> which was recently featured on a recent episode of The Trail That's Show. Right. I've also been published. I'm a hiker and I've been published. Um, yeah. I have a article in the Journal of Automotive Coatings uh, from back in... Uh, 1998 about uh, clear coats mm. on vehicles. So okay. really fascinating, r- riveting information. Okay, it's just telling out of order about it on Thursday night. Well, yeah. um, and you know what I'm going to suggest, Liz, is that uh, maybe your women over 50, Wolf. Um, maybe y'all should put together a book about some of your adventures. Yeah, Ooh. a collection of short that, stories. I imagine that there's probably awesome. a number of of uh, of groups out there that are getting ready to form that would love to be able to uh maybe even benefit from stories of you know when you all first started meeting up as a group and going mm-hmm. out and doing some of these trips and failure everybody stuff wants to read happened. about failure people love to hear about failure yeah. or or also uh the transformation journey yeah i started yeah. off with this sob story and now look at me I have 150,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> <laughs> All cool. right. Let's go to uh donors. Okay. Wait, Dilo, did you keep, have another book? People keep doing No, that? I don't. Okay, very good. People yeah. keep donating. Man, that's donoring. People keep donoring. Donorating? We've got in the house Bernard Wolf. Oh. <laughs> Lasso. You just redlined. You redlined. My computer might explode. Like, (laughs) (laughs) good luck to all your stereo systems out there. Uh, We've got rest, not fuss, Kinder. 
Don't hey. worry about it. Craig Pisco Gully made an appearance. Pisco. We never listened. What a guy. Just the once. Christmas. Green up. Green up. Madness. Bobby Walters. D. Richard Glasgow. I. <laughs> Joshua Bowden to Job Bowden. Trevor Smoke it if you got at the Bowman. Sean Weedman. Cotton. Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell. Oh man, I'm uh, so high. Moving fast. Well, because they all go together. They're all, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, part of the token club. It's like the whole jaw, loadable, smoking. Right, yeah. exactly. Diane Pinkerstein. Pinkerstein. David Bullapasta, as big as your newborn baby, Vinny. Congratulations. Hey. Congratulations. Wait a minute, David Vinny had a. Yeah, he also hey. had. Peanut is out. No, 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 no. No, it, no, no, no. It's not Peanut for him, it's uh, the meatball. <laughs> the meatball. Of course. The meatball. Okay. Hey, the meatball is out. A little pasta surprise. That's right. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, Justin Knowles. Quality. Quality. Jason Lurch, not Church Dane. Just don't Barbara. go. Just <laughs> don't go. Bappers. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. 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 Rudy from CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Hi, Rudy. Pat, the bouncer. Dixon. We're out of here. We forgot, to, we forgot to pause. Moment of silence. Oh, moment of silence for... Okay, and we have Steven, the hustler, Russell. Gotta get your hustle on, man. I'm on the br- Bruce. I'm gonna beat your ass. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say brute your ass? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That was hey, listen, you hear him when I hear him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Renee Shira Patrick. <laughs> Shira. Wesley the Haggis Addicts Greenwood. I need it. I just need it so bad. I'll be really impressed if uh, Pisco and uh, the Bobby Walters run into the me- the uh, Haggis Addict over in the TGO Challenge. They might. Oh, that'd be good. Um, <clears throat> Kevin Chickpea Cross and Sasha Honey do Codette. Gotta love your gotta love your chickpeas, man. Tebow, not Tim Williams. Tommy. Tim Tebow got married this last weekend. Congratulations, Congratulations Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Uh, welcome to Life as an Adult. <laughs> wow. Wait, Tommy wait, the really? Meat Popsicle Stevens. Meat Pete. Joseph Pecoraro. Hey. Hey, hey, there you go again. Also <laughs> one of my favorite cheeses. Brandon Lost Balls Love Lady. Oh, God, where'd they go? <laughs> Shira the Switch Lady and Brian the Big Mac Namera. Hey, go. Switch goes off. Switch goes off. Fatty Susu Matiskella. 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 That's a fun name. Phil yes. Felipe Gilbert. Felipe. Kill Bill Cottrell. Kill Bill. Orion Bakken Brigay. Clayton Masterson. Masterson. Dave the Geode Hale. Break yeah. it open. Let's see. <laughs> Hannah Dykstra. Barbara. Steven swept away, but last TTS, they all called me Robin, so I'm going with that from now on. Hood. Hood. That's my favorite trail name. (laughs) Anthony Peach Bits. Beach. Bob Death March Trombley. DMT. But did you die? The God Molecule. Did you die? Rachel Die Bama Die Merchant. Is that Bama Bama. or Bama? Bama. Die Bama. Come on. Come on, POD. I'll get over it. (laughs) Um, Eric. Adequate Johnson. I think it's pronounced. Oh boy! Adequate. I think it's adequate. No, you got to pronounce it with like an intonation where it's just Eric. Adequate. Exactly. Adequate. Dan Thompson. 
I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, I, th- I, think <laughs> it, I think it's Thompson. Oh, okay. I uh, know. I'm pretty. By the way, I'm, I'm 95% oh, oh, certain a, it's, it's Thompson. T. Thompson. <laughs> T. Thompson. Thompson. You done messed yeah. up, T. Thompson. There's like a glottal stop in there. <laughs> you done messed up. By the way, Eric Adequate Johnson and Dan T. Thompson are both. <laughs> New <laughs> VIPs. Thank you. Oh, dang. You should have told us that before we started saying weird things about their names. Well, no. Now we have even more opportunities to say weird things about their names. Well, that's fantastic. We might even give them a channel uh, name. Dante Hompson. Th- thanks for coming on board. Dante Hompson. Dante Hompson. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. As well as Eric Johnson, we found your donation, monthly it, donation to be, you know, adequate. It could just it was, be, it it was, could be yeah, T-Hompson. Dash Send all hate mail to... <laughs> Dan okay. T Dash And uh, I think that one off is from last month, Richard okay. Glasgow, but he sent us coffee and granola. I can keep talking about that forever because it was amazing. That Yeah, that Maui granola is the. the yeah, bomb. do you like the granola? Yeah. yeah. I couldn't you, tell you. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't tell you either. Tell you. So is Maui granola <laughs> slang for Mexican weed? No, no. <laughs> completely different items. Yes. I mean, and even Mexican weed is actually slang for Colorado weed. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, parts of Colorado used to be Mexico. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's it. That's it? That's, That's all? all of them. All right. All right. That's actually a lot of people. Yeah. It's time for... Th- thank you all. Ask thank a you. Hiker with Mike DiLorenzo. Okay. Do you have any questions this month? I do. And they're actually very kind of thoughtful, heady, you know, uh. meaningful Things. I'm gonna take a bathroom break. Can someone pass a beer then? Want to talk about here? This is yeah. Let's uh, let's n- no more of that um, porter. Yeah, no. You're the one that keeps asking for it. I know. I, I'm done with it. Um, Beauty, pull out one of those Larry Boy beers. Get, grab one of those uh, Breckenridge laggers you were talking about. All right, <clears throat> here we go. Question number one. So these are mindful, meaningful, thought-provoking questions. I have two of them. These are all poop yeah. questions, aren't yeah. they? No, actually. Nothing to do with poop. All right, here we go. Dear Trail Show, when hiking by myself, I don't always like to wear headphones and listen to podcasts or music. What? I treat listening as a reward after lunch, something to look forward to when I get tired and bored, and I just want to push on for the last set of the day's miles. So inevitably, during the first half of the day's walk, I tend to think. I think about movies and music and friends and family. So I guess I'm wondering what you all tend to think about when you hike. Do you work out problems or think about the next show? Or maybe you think about your family and friends. Is there something in particular that captures your attention when you're lost in thought on the trail? Love the show. P.O.D.'s the best. Linda, thoughtfully burger. Burger. What do you think about when you're hiking? All of the things well, that she mentioned. Now I'm going to think about why she thinks P.O.D. is the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There What's wrong with me? Thank you, Linda. Yeah. Linda. Um, hmm. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about, uh, especially when it's cold, about uh, sitting next to various types of fire, <laughs> drinking various types of coffee. Mm. So I might spend some time thinking about like sitting next to a potbelly stove with a nice pour over. And then I might spend some time thinking about like, uh, sitting next to a, like a roaring open face fire uh, with like a, a French press. Um, so yeah, I spent some time thinking about that. I also spent some time um, trying not to think about the song "The Ants Go Marching Two by Two, Hurrah Hooray, Hurrah Hooray." <laughs> the Ants Go Marching no. Two by Two, uh, because once you do that, um, well, it might be a few days before that manages to work its way out. 
Um, I also yeah. spend a lot of time thinking about uh, chicken strips, yes. um, burgers, <gasps> food, huh? and yes. uh, and on longer hikes, I will also say that uh, I spend a lot of time not necessarily thinking about it, but I notice that I have a lot of weird sex dreams. Yeah, <laughs> I I ha- I tend to have like this recurring thing that I think about when I'm just kind of like lost in thought. And the I days before kids. No, it like happened to me just the other day. I was biking um, to work and it was just kind of monotonous. And I started thinking about this. And I always think about like meeting a famous person or somebody that like mm. maybe not they're super famous, but they're kind of like famous in my realm you know somebody that i might mr money mustache yeah exactly somebody like that right and it's like you just kind of like run into somebody like that randomly on the trail i think like you're hiking and you kind of run into somebody and you're like oh hey oh it's like mr money mustache you're like oh it's tim ferris or you know it's just somebody that you might listen or it's joe rogan right it's just like oh hey what joe what are you doing up here just going for a hike and then I kind of like think about this conversation that I might have huh. randomly with like Joe Rogan if I just ran onto him, ran into him like on my bike ride. Oh, it would be random. You know what I mean? That's kind of like something that, and I always kind of go back to that. And then I ended up having like a conversation with Joe Rogan about random stuff that Joe Rogan. So what's what's the most about. interesting imaginary conversation you've had with Joe Rogan? I don't know. Actually, I haven't had one with Joe Rogan. That was just an example, hmm. just a hypothetical example. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah. I can tell you what I was thinking about between the Andersons or between the Sopleys and the Andersons in 2008 on the PCT. And that was basically the, the bare bones outline of what will become the trail show podcast. And it took four years from when I started thinking about it on the trail for, to when it actually happened. But that's where it happened. Hmm. Think about this after this year. You'll talk to PCT hikers and you'll say, you know, the Softies and the Andersons, and they'll have no idea, no idea. what you're talking that's about. That's weird, man. <laughs> that's that's weird. Um, I uh, I often think about well, if I'm really trying to do, you can really focus on the world around you, like focus on all the colors, the sounds, the feeling of like wind and stuff on your skin. Uh, the question was about while hiking, not while you're taking mushrooms. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying you don't even need to take mushrooms to, to have this. Sensa- like if you really just like lose it, lose your mind into all those sensations. I don't know. That's pretty cool. It doesn't, I don't do it often, but when I have been able to do it, it's been good. Um, other than that, I don't know, just food, how to survive where the next time I'm going to stop P-O-D, navigation. POD Bernard, anything you would like to add? Um, <clears throat> so don't, my, don't feel obligated. Feel you're obligated. saying you don't want me to you share? Def- no, I do want you to share, okay. but I don't want you to feel like you have to share. I, I want you to feel like you have to. Okay. Uh, so on my last trip, which was the Idaho Centennial Trail. ICT. The ICT. I'll say before that I was hiking in New Zealand and I was, it was hard for me to, to think about other things besides the fact that I didn't want to be there. And that, that's just the honest truth. I, I had a hard time focusing on the positive, but, um, you didn't want to be on the hike. Not that much. Okay. <laughs> I mean, after a while I, I started to, to feel like, to be completely honest, I felt like the job that I do is really important. And I felt like it was hard for me to leave my job and, and leave. Wait a minute. Are we talking about the ICT or New no, Zealand? New Zealand. Oh, it was hard oh, for me to leave oh, those kids. Oh, oh. And, and I felt like it's okay if I'm doing something really awesome, but I didn't feel like I was doing anything awesome. But so just to give like two examples. So there was that, and that was difficult. But then 
on the ICT, it was completely different. I, um, this, the last summer that I went, um, you're I like, felt, those kids don't deserve me. Well, I didn't quit my job. <laughs> so. no. I didn't quit my job to do it. So it's completely different. Um, but I, I was really tuned into everything around me and I really did a lot of thinking before uh, I went out on that trail. And, and I have to say, I was actually just thinking about this the other day about how I feel like coming into my forties, I became acutely aware of the privilege that I have, especially with regards to the outdoors. And I was determined when I started the ICT that I was not going to be unhappy, that I was going to really enjoy being out there and that I was going to take it all in. And even when stuff was not great, I was going to laugh at it and be like, this is, this is funny because I'm doing this to myself, right? I'm here by choice. And, uh, and, and I, and I have to say, like, I, I really did focus on like what was around me and it was beautiful. I mean, Alpine lakes and ridge walks, it's really easy to be in that mind space when you're, when you're in a situation like that. So, I really did spend a lot of time thinking about just what was immediately around me. And then also I thought a lot about the people that I love, the people that love me. Um, so I don't know. Sorry to give such a hippie answer, but that's, I, that's where no, I was on my last hippie. site. That, that's what this question called yeah. for. It called for a And I also, <clears throat> I also, answer. to be completely honest, I do <laughs> spend quite a bit of time thinking about the really good pranks that I've done and the ones that I still want to do. <laughs> of course, so, of awesome. course. I, I think do. about that awesome. too. Like sometimes I just, I just get a laugh attack. Like, and then someone's like, "What do you?" And I, if I try to explain it, it's not funny to them. But it'll be funny to me. You can tell me okay. these things. Yeah, I, okay. I like a good prank. Okay. And and as far as the ants go marching on and on, the best song for me has always been the Legend of Zelda theme song. I have I have a song it'll that make like you hike up anything. It's, it's a song I sing sometimes, uh, but it's. It's got like several different versions and it's it's always kind of changing uh, but it always comes back to like the same same set of refrains. So like if it's hot out, uh it'll come back to uh it may be hot but at least it's sweaty or if it's if <laughs> That it's, sounds like the grumbling gratitude. If it's like uh if it's raining, it'll uh, it'll be like uh it may be cold but at least it's raining. And then <laughs> and then the the second part of it is always like uh I like singing cuz it beats complaining. Mm. And so, but it's always something to do with like uh, how it's some form of unpleasant yeah. out, but at least it's some other form of unpleasant out. Dilo, you've been known to sing a, <laughs> a tune or two while on trail. Would would you give us an example? Have I? There comes a time. <clears throat> oh yeah. When I'm drifting. But that's not really on trail. That's oh no. Trail. What's a good on trail song for you? Uh, I don't know. Man. Mosquito, mosquito. How, how about some uh, Neil Young? I hate you I so much. I don't think I. How I, about I, Don't You Wish Your Girlfriend Was Hot? Like, no? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've found myself on the trail singing too much lately, no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Gummy? What do you think about when you're... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's I, I get these thought interruption things where I'll get a song in my head and I'm going to the rhythm and all of a sudden it's like... Oh crap! You gotta uh, schedule your eye doctor appointment or yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Come in yeah. my head, yeah. or, yeah. or the, the other. The flip side was when I started uh, the Colorado Trail and I was processing uh, past events, and also this voice pops in my head. It's like, "Hey, look around you. There's some scenery to be, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. be looked at." And mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. It's just. It's like there's two voices operating in my. Well, it's probably more than two, but <laughs> yeah. 
No, I, I get those thought interruptions too. It's like you're in a train of thought and then it's like, did I make the car insurance payment last month? Or you, you, not. I oh. You know what is nice though is when you have what, uh, what Out of Order was talking about before. You get almost like that flow state where yeah. it's almost like a zen blankness. Um, but when, you, when you've been doing that for a minute and then you have one of those like thought interrupts, but it causes you to go like, oh, whoa, I was totally just in the zone there. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I, I kind of like that. You know? You're like, oh, that was cool. All right. So that's a great segue to question number two, coming from the Zen moment. <laughs> <laughs> question number two. My friends at the trail show, I have another thoughtful question for the wise hosts of the trail show that I hope will lead to a wide-ranging discussion with a meaning on a variety of levels. Mm. And it's not related to skills, food, or special it's not related to poop. Huh. <laughs> what have you found? Fascinating. What have you found on the trail? My question could be answered on the physical level. For example, I found a brand name pair of sunglasses on the trail that I then used for a number of years. Or I have a friend that claims she found a new direction on the trail and moved from a crowded urban area to a small tourist town where she could experience the two-week vacations that many of us plan all year for every weekend so what thoughtful hosts of the trail show have you found on the trail oh say hi to pod for me mindful markham moore <laughs> wow another pod shout yeah, out there's a lot of wow. pod fans i think isn't that a coincidence yeah i think they huh. i think these mindful meaningful hmm. listeners like like you that's would yeah. be shocking to yeah. Me. That, yeah 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 <laughs> It'll be very it seems shocking. Like you paid you right? paid salty to write all these, didn't you? <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. mean in full. I can see people. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's go around the circle. The heart of black let's go around gold. the circle, starting with disco. Oh jeez. And let's let's talk about what we found on the trail, whether it be you know physical or metaphysical. Yeah. So, so choose one: metaphysical or physical. Well, I, I'll just before I choose metaphysical, I will say I have found sunglasses on the trail a couple times, but I've, that's I've not what so that's not my sunglasses. answer. Without sounding too hippy dippy or woo 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 you can sound Wu Tang Wu Tang forever. Uh, I found an alternate way to go about life, an alternate way to you know something different than the hamster wheel that, mm, that mm-hmm. a lot of us have found ourselves on and I've been able, I've been fortunate enough to do five long distance through hikes. And yeah, once you know that, that whole side of that side, that, that sort of thing can exist, man, you, you've seen the other side and it's, uh, it kind of, I don't know if ruins you for life is the, the term I'm looking for, but you definitely know that it's there. And it can, and you can go back there at some point. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Out of order. Um, I found like three vacuum water bottles Ooh. last summer. Wow! What's a vacuum? Va- what's a vacuum? Water you know, the bottle. vacuum seal, like the the ones that have a vacuum insulated. Yeah, insulated. Yeah. Oh, double oh, okay. wall. Double yeah. wall. Yeah. yeah. Okay. On on trails last it's summer. A good find. I also found a pair of hiking sticks last summer. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a good summer for finding people, huh. people's junk. Um, I think, I think what I've found most on the trails other than kind of what disco was talking about, but also just a, a renewed faith in humanity. Um, I think I've been in some tough situations where random strangers have really helped me out a lot. And, um, 
I don't know. It, it, it really reaffirms the, the concept that person to person, we're all pretty nice to each other. Um, it's easier to get cruel and uncaring when you're far away or on the internet or some some group is just out there and you don't actually interact with them. But once you're face to face, almost everyone has always come through and helped me in dire situations on hikes and paddling trips. That That's so deep, guys. Thanks. You're, you're going <laughs> to say weed, aren't you, dude? <laughs> uh, oh, actually, no. I, I did find mushrooms on the trail once, but they didn't, I didn't take them and it was a little funny. I may have told this story before, but I was hiking by myself and uh, this guy comes rushing past me and he's like, doesn't, I, I say, hey, what's up? You know, good morning. And he kind of like looks, doesn't look at me, looks at me weird and just kind of like moves <laughs> he's, away. He's tripping, man. <laughs> and, and then I, I was like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Why didn't that guy talk to me, you know? And I kind of just didn't think too much of it and I start cruising back down the trail. He was heading up, I was heading down. And then I see this package. I forget exactly what it was. Maybe it was like a fancy, you know, weed style thing. I don't know what it was. I don't remember too was much. Was it a Crown Royal bag? No, but okay. it was like, it was, it, it was, it, it was like <laughs> intricate. It was like pretty, you know, it had a zipper and I unzipped and I looked in there. I was like, whoa, there's some bag of mushrooms in there. Wow. <clears throat> and so I, I kind of waited and, you know, not like two minutes later, that same guy comes kind of cruising back and I said, Hey man, I found your bag. He's like, and I handed it back to him and he turned away and just kind of darted out of there. And he didn't say anything? <laughs> no, just, I think it was just too weirded out. by bugging out, man. Yeah. He probably thought you were a forest nymph. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so I, I, have found, I have found mushrooms on the trail before, but that's not what I wanted to no. talk about. That's not what I, okay, what do you I think? I think the best thing, I'm going to talk about on a physical level, the best thing I found on the trail was uh, I was biking to work one morning, and I was on a bike path, so it was like a paved bike path, but it's still a trail. It's like a bike trail. You know, it's a multi-use trail. Um, and I, I was just rolling down the street and I, I look and I see, it was actually by CU and I look and I see this like black thing on the path and I was like, eh, whatever. But I go back and I look and I, I was like, what, what was that? What was that? So I go back and I pick it up and it was a Pearl Izumi brand, uh, ear wrap, you know, for your ears to keep them warm. Yeah. So it's thin. It's not mm-hmm. too, it's not thick and, and, and whatever. And I swear, I've been using this ear wrap. <laughs> I've been using this thing for like three years now. Wow. Like all winter long, like, fr- like e- almost every day. That's awesome. Huh. So, the trail you know, provides. The trail yeah. provides. So like that's probably the most useful thing I found on the trail. I mean, I, I wore it today, actually. I wore it today. Yeah. Wow. Special. Um, <clears throat> I found a lot of physical things, like actual items. Uh, everything from like literally dozens of pairs of sunglasses to uh, i found an ursac with a pocket rocket and a titanium cook set in it wow uh, that's I, a score i found trekking poles uh i've found money um i found a carrot um i found <laughs> m&ms uh i found yeah so many different things i found a pipe um i have found weed uh i've found Gosh, yeah, so many different things. Lots of trash, lots of, uh, you know, those tip protectors for trekking uh-huh. poles? Found yeah. lots of those. Found hmm. trekking pole baskets. We actually mm-hmm. found Mags' trash on the CDT. Yeah, we did. I found, um, yeah, lots of things. As far as like more, whatever, Metaf- like mental or medical, metaphysical things. Metaphysical. So I, I always have, uh, I grew up in a religious family and had a lot of like this, you know, your different kind of upbringing. Um, so I, and and I got teased a lot as a kid. I was always sort of like an outsider. 
I very much have an internal identity that's a little bit of like a perpetual outsider. And I've definitely found like um, a real sense of community and friendship and camaraderie and like understanding <clears throat> with people that I've met on the trail. And so I would say that, yeah, having um, not necessarily a place because the trail is both a place and also it's also state of mind, man. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think uh, the trail I very much identify as a place that I belong, uh, which is, I guess, few and far between for me. So, mm. Yeah. That's cool. Well, <clears throat> I think I found two really important things on metaphysically on the trail. Um, I, before I did the Appalachian Trail, I was in a very, very dark place in my life and that's not that was never common for me but um I had some some trauma that I went through and I did a lot of work before I got on trail but I feel like I found my smile again on the AT which was awesome for me um I found my happiness again like unlocked it and then uh the other thing the other really incredible thing that I found on through long distance hiking is companionship so on the AT, I met Trainwreck, and she and I have been friends forever, and, and uh, she's a really close friend of mine, as well as the Noodleheads and MacGyver. Um, and then, of course, through the long-distance hiking community, I met Disco. So, and then since then, I've... Snagged you a husband. I know, and <laughs> it's difficult on the trail to find a long-distance hiking guy, you know? There's just... <laughs> there's there's not many of them. Not many of them, yeah. so yeah. I was lucky yeah. in that way. Disco, would you would you like to revise what you found? <laughs> yeah, man, you kind of... Just, uh, See, in you case you want to revise it first. we'll just come all the way back <laughs> around and then you can yeah uh, we can't go we'll around the circle again you. we've had no, your turn but it's, oh. it's not just like amorous companionship you know like i include train wreck and the noodle heads and macgyver and then even after disco and i were together um snorkel and all good and my hiking partner for the ict naomi um those are incredible friendships that, damn none of you know, us well, because uh, I haven't yeah. done any, <laughs> I haven't done any wow. long distance hiking with wow. you guys. It's a little bit different. Of course, you guys. <laughs> but yeah, I, I have found those two really important things in my in my life. Got me back. So as far as uh, physical things, that's pretty much everything that uh, special mentioned. Uh, one of the strangest things we found uh, coming back from a hike about a half mile from the trailhead was the lower third of a trekking pole Ooh. stuck in a snowbank and we got to the trailhead and was walking around asking if anybody lost a trekking pole and the person who lost it said they had no idea they lost it i thought oh what? you yeah. found like them. how do you how do you <laughs> yeah. use trekking poles when you're missing the bottom third but huh. so that was that was an interesting uh, experience there uh, with the group hikes, uh, from a metaphysical perspective, there's some nights where just everything aligns. Uh, you just have a spectacular sunset. There's uh, wildlife, uh, abundant wildlife uh, sightings. And just everybody just seems to connect on this level where you've just achieved nirvana. And then it's when it's time to go home, it's like that high just like, oh, gosh, you want to just yeah. keep that going. But then on the flip side of that, we've had... Uh, the folks who want the transformative experience and you're out for an hour and a half to two hours and have pretty much the same conditions and and we get back to the trailhead and they said that's it and you're like well i mean i could have i could have asked the deer to do a song and dance routine but you know, i don't i don't think it would have yeah. gotten any better than it was right yeah thanks yeah. everyone for that great discussion on two levels 
Just get out there and yeah. find whatever it is you need on the trail, and then that's right. There call the hotline and tell us what it was. Yeah. I found a bag <laughs> of sandwiches once. Not a bad. bag of a bag. Sandwiches. bag of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches when I'm hiking the CDT in Glacier. Did I you ate them. eat them? Yes, I did. We found oh, a giant bag good. of Gorp and Disco refused to eat it. He's like, it really? could be poisoned. Uh, I was no, like, what? I didn't say it's an elaborate plot. I found. I mean, I've I've literally picked up food from the trail. Oh yeah, uh, not wrapped in anything. Yeah, and just been like, I was and, gonna, and then eating it. I was going to so. mention that when we were on the Sierra High Route, we were coming down over a pass, and we had been off trail for miles, coming down over this somewhat gnarly pass, and we found we found a big chunk of broccoli. And oh. we were like, oh, my God, look no. at this broccoli. Wait, was Zoner in front of you guys? What? No, but this other couple was. And they w- were carrying broccoli, and they decided that this piece was, like, gross, and they didn't want to eat it. And so they're like, meh, it'll just decompose, and they just, like, chucked it. And then <laughs> we not, found it. No trace, and you ate it. And we found yeah. them, like, the next day. We were like, dude, we found broccoli on the trail. And they both looked at, looked at each other like, what? I mean, there was no trail, but we're like, we found broccoli Did on the trail. Did you eat it? Oh yeah, <laughs> I found uh, I found booze on the trail once. I found a small bottle of blackberry schnapps when I was at a shelter by myself, Ooh. and I didn't pack in any alcohol, so it was like a oh. it was like a sweet find. Nice. Mana I, I once found a uh, a squirrel that was dead, and it and it was like on its back, but somebody had built a little like. Uh, like ring of stones around oh, it. That's nice. And like put this little headstone thing there. It was one of the creepiest really things cool. I've ever seen. I, oh, I like it. it so, I mean, I did too, but it was really creepy too. On the Colorado Trail, my hiking partner, Dave T and I came up upon what looked like someone had been walking down Copper Mountain with a bag of Halloween candy and the bottom dropped out. And that's probably what happened. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and so there was 30 pieces of candy on the trail, Rap, on the wrapped. ground. And we looked at each other, and we were like, all right, we'll trade off. So we went one by one, and we each he would pick one, I would pick one, until we got through the whole pile. And then <laughs> we each left with about 15 pieces of candy. It was fan- yeah, it was nice. amazing. It was fantastic. <laughs> was it was it like quality candy? Or? Uh, you know, it was name 100 brand. 100 grand bars? No, it was like Tootsie Rolls oh. and, and Dum Dums. Uh, it, I mean, it was, it was Halloween candy, but nah. it was July. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. We ate it all. It was delicious. Nice. <laughs> Let me see that tootsie roll. To the left, to the left. To the right, to the right. Uh. All right, folks. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. This is the part of the show where we end the show. What? Really? Already? It's only been like five hours. It's only been. (laughs) We've got a whole chicken on the table over there. No one's ate that. Special's Uh, taking that home. Big thanks goes to our show sponsor this evening, Victorinox Swiss Army, POD. You know brand Victorinox Swiss Army. They make the iconic red Swiss army knife. But did you know they also make best-in-class luggage, Swiss-made watches, and other products? Founded in Switzerland in 1884 and still owned and operated by the family who invented the Swiss army knife. The classic red Swiss army knife is still as functional as it was then. But now you can browse hundreds of styles from the rescue tool designed with first responders to get out of a vehicle safely to the wine master designed specifically to open a bottle of wine. Watches that will take you around the world and travel gear ranging from suitcases to backpacks. Find the perfect trusted companion for your next adventure. Visit www.victorinox.com and our listeners save 15% using code TRAILSHOW15, all caps. That's www.victorinox.com and code TRAILSHOW15 to save 15% through March 25th. Some exclusions apply. Big thanks goes to 
Mr. Gumi Bear for talking Gumi. to us about the, the oh, tea time Thank you for crest. having me. <laughs> thanks for joining us on the show tonight. Come back anytime. And thanks for being a VIP. Yeah. Big thanks goes to Tom Calico of Traverse Traverse Image. I keep wanting to say Traverse, like Traverse yeah, well, City. It's not. It's, it's that Traverse. Michigan Traverse. influence. It's whole. I don't say it. Uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for talking to us about Bears Ears and giving us a sneak peek at your new movie yeah. on Strange Soil. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, coming it out looks, later this it year. Looks like it's going to be good. Thanks and praise goes to Fidget and Larry Yes. For Donating tonight's beers. Watch out for them gators, Larry boy. And and the pythons? And pythons, yeah. yeah. Watch and out. And the iguanas. Do they have any like Although if you get eaten by a python, you'll be the first in Florida. And so you'll be on trail news, so that'll be, yeah. we'll be on trail news. Are there any mammals that you need to be aware of? Like there are with bears, sharp teeth there are or anything? Panthers. Like panthers. I feel like more like Homo sapiens. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations yeah. to Bear Florida Sweats. Hey. Bear Sweats, bear yeah. Peanut is out. Peanut, peanut and Piglet are united. And also Peace and love. To David Vitty. Out of the world. Vitty. Vitty. Thanks Congratulations goes, on the meatball. And thanks to Pat Dixon bitty. for our lovely tunes. Oh, my tunes. God, yes. Oh, yes. I, you know, honestly, thank you so much. Yeah. It's, I, I, that really made my worthy. day today. We're not that worthy. That was so cool. Yeah. All right. I mean, Dilo's definitely not worthy. Definitely not. But that I like the reggae vibe of my song. I think, <laughs> it, I think it suits me well. I like uh, it. Thanks yeah. and praise to all our monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a trail show koozie and some stickers for a $15 more donation at thetrailshow.com blood orange Boy, they're actually they're blue now oh they're not blood orange anymore stickers. they're ocean blue you ocean blue stickers put them on a bottle you can always find us at www.thetrailshow.com on twitter trail show on instagram and facebook at the trail show on the stitcher app the apple podcast app google play and of course on itunes another trail show has come and gone but don't fret We'll be back for Valentine's Day with more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for Gummy Bear, Beauty, D-Lo, Special 41, Triple O, I'm God, Joe. All right, folks, that's it. That's a show. Man, Gummy Bear, you made it. You didn't even fall asleep, which is what Dilo normally does. Yeah, yeah actually, you know, yeah, uh, didn't Dilo even didn't even fall asleep. Yeah, no. I'm pretty impressed. It's impressive. He also went to the wrong house. I did. Yeah, it took I mean, me a long know, time to recover. Spesh, from there's that. still time for the whole chicken challenge if you're. You know, I, I mean, you told me beforehand not to, so I ate some other food. <laughs> if, if I had known that I was expected to do the whole chicken challenge, I even two got... things. Two things. A, I would have needed to know ahead of time to adequately prepare, and and <laughs> to B fast. or two, I forget which one we were doing. Uh, yeah, I don't think the jumbo sized chicken would it's have actually, cut it. That's, that's a lot I of got chicken. The chicken I got it says colossal on the back. <laughs> colossal chicken. <laughs> it's not just a measly chicken. It's a colossal chicken. <laughs> Dilo, did you bike over? Uh, yeah. You know it's not colossal. I, I didn't drive my two cars here. <laughs> <laughs> Either one of them. You know, it's not wow. colossal. Is the Nemo air pin? Yeah, that is not colossal. Definitely I, not girthy. I Doesn't really have much of a functional. Length. I wonder how big of a colossal sledgehammer you could take to <laughs> Nemo air pin. You know what? I think there's a video, a YouTube video in our future. Yeah, yeah. I think we should yeah, we demo that. that. Yeah. yeah. 
I will stop by the Nemo booth at Winter OR and see if I can uh, get okay. us some samples. Okay. Tell him you heard you read a ten steak review. What about a San Angelo bar on a Nemo air pin? Be hard to make contact. Sledgehammer would be better. Yeah. Okay, better bet. Okay. Yeah. And better, better bet. Better bet. Better. More better. All right. Whole bra, more better right. kind. Out of orders fading on us. We need to get out of his house. Yeah, okay. we should probably do that. Tell. Let's go. Let's go. So no. He's got to get back to his yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. He's judging other people. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. I have never known Let's P.O.D. to judge Dungeons another person. Dungeons and Dragons show. is great. Let's keep going. Let's just do another we show. We should do a back show where we back play back. Dungeons Let's and just, Dragons. Let's just record a bonus show right now. Let's a bonus it. show where we play Dungeons and Dragons and all. Let's do it. I'm I down. Let's funny. do it. Where's the rest of the beer? Where's the rest of the beer, That P-O-D? will be consumed. <laughs> that will be consumed during the February show. Hello. This is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. I hand plucked my own chickens. Hey, Jim. This is Mike. Checking in on the Super Room Preza. <laughs> <laughs> I found that like bear encounters at night, they're not really fun. And lighter is writer. No, get over it. Resistance is futile. The trail show. April trying to cherish date. the past does not help. I'm not the trying situation. to cherish the past. I'm not he talking to me. you. I'm I, not talking to you. He asked me what I mean, it was like, and I was telling this him. Is, this is telling him that all was happening here. <laughs>